Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone, and happy hump day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us on a beautiful Wednesday morning in St. Louis. How are we doing, kids? Good. Great. Everybody's doing good. We're good, you know. We had to watch that game last night. <laughs> well, we didn't have to watch it. We, we kind of do. We do. We. I think. Like, it was kinda, are we expected to watch things like yeah, that yeah, once yeah. it once it starts getting off the rails like that? We have to have to have some knowledge of it so we can yeah. speak on it. But but at at four zero was that sufficient? Yeah, five uh, nothing. Five, five nothing. nothing after two. That was good. I was like Tampa's a field goal and a safety. They're playing really good defense. <laughs> yeah. And then they scored another one. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, cool. Uh, here we head towards the holiday season. All right. Everybody ready? Everybody got all their shopping done? Uh, almost. I had a, I had a, I had a, no. Someone sent me a meme about the Grinch saying he's not really uh, against Christmas or toys or children. It's adults. He doesn't like the adults around. It's, it's yeah. the people. It's not really Christmas. But he or did the kind toys. of steal the kids' toys because of. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's kind of. Yeah. That's kind of rude, huh? Yeah, it kind of made him sad. Yeah. Yeah, but but people really are what bothered him. Oh yeah, I can He's understand. Just... Now, nah, hey, listen, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, at times, yeah. Well, because that's the whole premise, right, of the movie mm-hmm. is that he wasn't treated well, and then he had to be casted away. Mm-hmm. So I I do get it. Sometimes you earn that. Sometimes that comes to you. It's kind of <laughs> karma. Right? Yeah, you little ugly baby. <laughs> yeah. That's basically, did you watch the movie? That's, I've, I've that's watched what it many happened. times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what happened, right? Angry. Yeah, very angry. Yeah, very angry. But you know what? All he had to do was choose happiness. Uh, and and to not be ugly. Well, that would have helped. Yeah. yeah. So I, I worked with a guy during the pandemic who, uh, when uh, we were doing everything remotely, and he said, you know what this has made me realize? What? That I just hate people. I like being alone. <laughs> Randy, I think the pandemic, I, I tell people, I had been planning for that my whole life. <laughs> to be in the house and not outside. I was living my best life, man. I'm like, this is amazing here. I don't have to see anyone. I don't have to go out in traffic and be around people that can't drive. Hey, man, this is good and bad. Didn't have to endure 6-1 losses by your hockey team. Because we didn't have sports. Uh, So, anyway, last night, the Lightning scored the first goal of the game, just uh, 223 in, and it's 1 0 in favor of Tampa Bay. And then at the 17 mark of the first period, former Cardinal closer uh, steps in with a tally of his own. Chernak over the line. I'm sitting around to the far boards. Torachenko, quick touch to Pareko, near wing to Letty. Up along the boards on the outside to Neighbors. Couldn't get it off the wall before he was checked and knocked down. And in behind the goal, Mott centers, loops around, near wing, backhand, Lightning, loose in front, and they find it in the net. The Lightning have scored 2-0 Tampa, 2.50 to go in the period. 
Did you guys know when you did the uh, the cornhole tournament with Mott that he was going to be playing hockey this year? <laughs> did, did not. He's a busy yeah, man, booked and busy, yeah. as we like to Coaching say. Coaching high school baseball. He's yeah, he's staying he's around. <laughs> so Tyler Mott actually scored that goal. And then Kucherov scoring before the first period was out at the 1946 mark. Game over. At that point, 3 0. In favor of Tampa, but they didn't say so. Kucherov scoring again, 136 into the second. Hayden Fleury scoring 12-13 into the second. It was 6-0 when Nick Paul scored on the power play at 7.53 of the third. Blues did get one late, 15-57. They started their comeback. Justin Falk with a power play goal mm. for your St. Louis Blues. Wow. Yeah, and 6-1 was the final. Uh, Coach uh, Stanley Tucci, what, what, what happened? Yeah, I mean, it was a poor start. We uh, we weren't able to, to, to get to any kind of forecheck, uh, so we were defending. Um, I think we had uh, 10, 10 turnovers, 10, 13 turnovers in, in the D zone, um, 10 turnovers in the offensive zone. Um, when you're doing that, you're going to have to play a lot of D, you know, and... Um, you know, uh, biggest thing that stuck out to me is, is, is it was too easy to get pucks to our net. Like we 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 just we weren't we weren't willing to get in the shooting lanes. We didn't get our sticks in the shooting lanes. Uh, you know, and and we saw the result. You know, the, two of the goals were, you know, goalmost goalmost scrambles. We had a little bit of a bad bounce on the first one with the bounce off the wall. You know, the second one we turn we lose the wall battle, turn it over, ends up in our back of our net. Uh, Third one, we turn the puck over under a minute left in the offensive zone, comes back, and it ends up in the back of our net. Now you're chasing chasing the hockey game against a really good team. You think Chief is leaning back in his barco lounger, <laughs> pointing <laughs> at the TV, saying, that's the team that I have. Uh, yeah, there they are. <laughs> I, you know, I thought about this. I wonder, like, when Drew Bannister, it, not that you, we all have egos, right? We all are, mm-hmm. are you know, especially in, in athletics, we, we have a certain level of ego. So I wonder if he came in, he's like, eh, this this isn't that bad. I don't know why they were staying. Two wins. I don't know what the hell these guys were doing in his mind, not yeah. being disrespectful, no but damn, okay, I got, we can do this. And then you show up last night, you're like, oh, 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 oh <laughs> yep. this, is, this is how this goes? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Now, one of the things that was interesting about last night was that Pavel Buchnevich took three historically lazy hockey penalties three hooking penalties that means you are moving your feet that means you're trying to chase somebody down and, and you hook them and so he wound up in the penalty box three times and drew banister was asked why Bucinavich sat for the second half of the third period? Bucci's Bucci's a, a good player for us, and uh, he's no good to me in the penalty box. Like he he's he's got to be out on the ice. He's got to be effective that way. And you know, I think for him, it's it's not only a message to him, but it's a message to the whole team. Like you know, uh, we need guys to play on the ice. They're, they're no good to us in the penalty box. And um, you know, so so moving forward, that's that's the standard. Like guys want to guys want to play. They have to earn their ice time. So when will this message fully resonate, though? Because accountability is something that we've talked about all season with this Blues team. And it also was one of the reasons that led up to the Craig Berube firing. That's a pretty strong message to send to your group that you need to hold each other more accountable. And hopefully, maybe this will work where it will send a message to the locker room. But the best way that you have to do that is that you have to do it for everybody, right? So that accountability has to go with everyone. If you're going to do that with Buchnevich, then it's going to have to happen with more guys too moving forward and I know that Justin Falk got a power play goal but guys that's still the big elephant in the room right they have to figure out some way to get through that and there needs to be accountability there too if you're not getting it done then there needs to be some personnel changes mm-hmm. well I don't know how you what what changes you can make I mean they tried to 
trade players in the offseason, and they, they invoke their no-trade clause. They, they've tried to – how do you move they, – they've sent down um, Verona and brought people mm-hmm. up. I don't know how much – are they in the similar role that the Cardinals were in in terms of being able to move guys and, and the flexibility of the roster? If that's a, if that's the case, then you're stuck with what you got. It's not like, um, you know, you have to be able – teams have to want the person that you're trading. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not like, well, we don't like this guy. He's in giving great effort. Trade him to – Tampa Bay. Why would we want them? We get our guys give great effort. What trade them to LA? No, our guys give good effort. We we don't want that person. So it's I think it's so difficult when guys are not performing well because you're really handcuffed and we gotta play them. We either paid them, so we gotta play them. We can't trade them, so we gotta play them. We can't sit them because who the heck are we gonna bring up to mm-hmm. play? What do you do at that point? And you gotta have guys to go in. You can't have guys, yeah. you know, on the ice for two and a half minutes doing two and a half minute long shifts. You gotta find guys to play, but where do you get them from? Exactly. And somebody from the 618 said, You mean sitting players like Bruby did? And he did. He held players accountable too. So that's where I'm starting to wonder where does this accountability start to come in? And you mentioned these young players coming up. I was thinking about that last night. Where's the tenacity? Where's that spark coming from when you are trying to at least find something different, bring in different? personnel calling guys up sending guys down have you guys seen somebody that has brought a full spark to this team that energy that tenacity that fight a guy that you know that other teams will be like oh I don't want to mess with them because he's going to get in my face I don't think that player is on the blues right now um, Braden hmm. Shen I guess is the one but he's it's one be guy more and, than and, Shen, he, right? one yeah, and, and Braden Shen is no longer a 70 point guy in the NHL. He's clearly not a guy that the young players like Jordan Cairo are looking up to and taking a cue from. And I don't want to single out Jordan Cairo. I'm just saying that he's the highest paid. He's kind of the, the face of this youth movement. And the young players, it used to be that they would follow. Not too long ago, young players followed Ryan O'Reilly, right? But it's just not happening with this particular group of players. I, I don't know. Again, I, <laughs> I've been on teams that were bad and inconsistent, and when it starts spiraling, man, it's it. There is nothing you can do to correct it. There are there are there are no amount of team meetings, player only meetings, guys. We got to do the. It it just for whatever reason, if it's not in you to do it every single night, and that's why I don't I don't I don't give those excuses about being tired or on the road or back to back because every team in the league has to go through that. Mm-hmm. You are that that's part of your job. That's the profession. You are being paid well to do this and if you're not able to do it consistently you're not going to have a good team, and they don't have a really good team right now. No, and you've been a part of a lot of different teams, and it's hard to compare an NFL roster to, obviously, an NHL roster, but at the same time, have you been a part of a group where the guys didn't show a lot of fight for each other? Because that's what I'm seeing right now, especially when you're looking at last night. I don't see guys fighting for each other. Well, that's what bad teams do. That's how bad teams are. They are not tied in. They are not you know, attached at the hip. They aren't willing to work for one another and I it, it starts off of the field off of the ice when you guys get along really well you can see how good a team can be and and do you when they don't you don't play well I mean you you and also I've said this time and time again this team in my opinion doesn't have that superstar player mm-hmm. because when you have a superstar player anything is possible 
Like you can you you know that this guy, man, just find a way to get the puck to him. Find a way to get the ball to him. Something great is going to happen because he is a superstar. If this team doesn't have a superstar, then you just got a group of guys that are really really talented and if they aren't working well, a superstar can have a have a have a night where he's kind of coasting, but he is so dang on good, it doesn't matter. If mm-hmm. you're not that superstar level, you have to play hard every single night and I think that this team has not gotten to that point. You can watch us on the Air Alliance Team Heating and Cooling Studio Cam. Just go to the old YouTube channel and type in 101 ESPN STL. We'd love to have you watch us. And you can follow us throughout the day on the 101 ESPN app. And there's still time, if you're still doing that holiday shopping, to get your 101 ESPN merch to support Operation Food Search. We've partnered with STL Shirt Company to offer a special 101 ESPN online merch store this month, offering 101 ESPN t-shirts and hoodies and hats and more, including the Dunctionary shirts, Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson jerseys, and more. Time running out, though. Make sure to order your 101 ESPN swag by next Sunday, December 31st. Visit the 101 ESPN online merch store now at 101ESPN.com, powered by McBride Homes and also McBride Homes, bringing you the bragging rights game on Friday night over at Enterprise Center, Mizzou, and Illinois. You uh, headed over to that one, CD? Uh, I actually won't be able. I'll be out of town on Friday. Oh, you're going to miss it. I'll be at the the wrestling event tomorrow, Illinois versus Missouri. That'll be great. I love it. I and I. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. We've got Ask Uncle Randy. It is a hump day here on 101 ESPN after all. And if you have a holiday question, if you have some holiday concerns, if you want to know what brings families together, it's like football family. Uh, oh. uh, you, you can ask that question to Ask Uncle Randy next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Tune for Uncle Randy. Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. around, you know. Alright, it's a special holiday edition of Ask Uncle Randy here on 101 ESPN. Yes, Christmas is right around the corner. You have the opportunity to watch football all day on Christmas Day from noon until you go to bed at night. So congratulations on that as the NFL continues to tear at the fiber of the American uh, nuclear family unit. Oh, That's no. Great. Mm-hmm. Isn't that some sports, of the best parts? You can watch sports with your family. Yeah. You can, but uh, I would say a large majority a majority of those families will have somebody that's saying oh i got to get money down on this game and then you just <laughs> take a you know just clear out the 401k so that you can bet on the nfl <laughs> That, oh, no. That's how families that's how people that's, do it i think that's happened a lot oh, no. that's why we have that uh, 1-800 gambler line oh. Oh. bets off Yep, 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah. So, all right, Matthew, what do we got on the text line that people want to know about? You're smiling. You seem happy. Dear Uncle Randy, emergency situation. Yep. The alarm bells are going off. An insider, insider source has revealed to me that my wife got me a Christmas gift, despite the fact that we agreed to just buy gifts for the kids and the family this Ooh. year. I've been set up. What do I do? It's too late for that. Listen, uh, what 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 does she what she, she says stuff throughout the, the year that she likes? I can't even pull that off anymore. Well, I don't know about you guys. 
but I would provide the gift of me time with a Massage Envy yeah. gift card. Just go to your <laughs> local hey, Massage Envy. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, go to your local on, Massage man. Envy, pick up a gift card, and give her the gift of time away from you. All right? Uh, because that's that's generally what wives like is time <laughs> o- away time from from, from us. the home, yeah. from the home, yeah. and from the children. From yes. So people, you she has placed you in a position where the requirement is a gift card. So whatever she likes, if she's into yoga, go to Lululemon and get her a gift card, right? If mm-hmm. she if she wants that, uh, if she, if she wants to go shopping, get her a Macy's gift card, or an Amazon gift card, or whatever it might be. But you have been pushed squarely into the, because of the time constraints that you have, you've been pushed squarely into the the gift card realm, but you can never go wrong with flowers either. I also like if you pretend like you didn't know. So you don't want to reveal when you do do the gift exchange that an inside source gave you this information. So then she thinks, oh, wow. He just went out of this his way to do this for me, mm. so that you look like you're two steps ahead there. there I do like go. the idea. Get her something that you know that will give her some time off. I yeah. like the massage idea. Anything like that would be good. Hey, uh, must go to your uh, store and, and uh, go to the local franchise only. <laughs> <laughs> you have a number or website? Just uh, oh. just go to any massage <laughs> envy store. Good. Uh, good morning, Randy. My wife and I had twins in October, and instead of traveling to four different houses on Christmas Day, we've decided to do our own thing all day. Yep. Our parents and grandparents are being a real pain about this because, quote-unquote, it's not what we normally do. I feel like now that my wife and I have our own children, we should be able to start our own traditions. Both of us were dragged around from house to house on Christmas Day as children, and we don't want our children to go through that same thing. Your thoughts on the situation? Four families. Is that what he said? Four? He wow. said four different houses four on Christmas different houses. Day. No way. Three Three words to solve this problem. Three words. It's that simple. We have twins. Yeah. That's all you need to say. We have twins. We aren't moving around to four different houses. Right. You, you, uh, welcome them over to your home, but say, we have twins that are October, November, three months old. We yeah. have three-month-old twins. No, we aren't moving from house to house. <laughs> you can come over here. That's too much shuffling around, yeah. trying to get them out of the coat and out of the pumpkin seed and into the people. And then it's all the people there. Yes, diseases and illnesses right. in the wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> people coughing and wanting to touch on your baby's cheeks. And then you got to go home and be with a sick baby for the next two weeks that cries all night. And you're up till three, four in the morning. Mm-hmm. You got to get up to go to work. No, thank you. No, thank you. Exactly. I, so this and, is- and at some point, you know. When you, and, and I say that because I love my mother, right? <laughs> and my mother was this way at times with my, my oldest daughter. And we had to have an understanding. Ma'am, this is my daughter. I love her. I know you love her, but I, I think I love her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I know it's probably not possible for you to think that, but I do. And so we're going to do this the way that I'd like to do this, ma'am. No disrespect. No disrespect. With all due re- yep. respect. You got to throw mother, that one in there. Yeah. I love you, but we're, we're not going to do that. So, no. No. So exactly. you have, as a parent, you have the power here. So don't let them guilt you into taking your babies out on Christmas Day. And welcome them over on Christmas. Hey, if you want to come over for an hour, we'd be glad to have you. You can say hi to the kids then. But we aren't taking our kids to four different places. Boundaries. Boundaries is a big part of that. And I am I also feel really bad. That's a really tough position for your family members to put you in. And I'm really sorry about that. You could also bring up the fact that RSV is always bad. But I don't know if you guys have seen this year year it's especially bad so that's a whole nother reason not Uh, to go to four different houses with your twins i wouldn't do that by myself 
That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. There's no way I'm going to four different houses in one day. Ain't no way. That's oh, a Christmas. lot. Mm-mm. Thank you. Mm-mm. And by the way, I am a big fan of crashing through boundaries. It's uh, it, it, they're, you know, if they're there, I'll, I'll test the limits. Clearly. You can be like the Kool Aid Man. When just I bust through it. Yeah. When I did that, oh yeah. Remember when, I, remember when I did that hill about having uncomfortable conversations with people you're close to should be the easy part about being an adult? Yeah. yeah. Just, Not really. Just saying. Here's the great example. Uh, have an uncomfortable conversation. It'll be better for everybody. Dear Uncle Randy, so you want to know about the fabric of the American family? Then uh, yeah. no, we're good no, on that one. one. Um, <laughs> basketball is family. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, my father-in-law wants to prepare, prepare prepare Christmas Eve dinner, and it's at my family's house. We have ribeye and beef tenderloin ready to cook, and he would surely ruin them. My wife has the just let him do it attitude. How do I remedy this mess before I, we avoid three hundred dollars worth of well-done beef? All right, I have your answer. Find the trigger. No, it doesn't even have to be the trigger. If you have a grill, okay. There's two things you need to do. Number one. Head on over to the Smokehouse Market and pick up their secret seasoning, okay? It's called Secret Seasoning at Smokehouse Market out in Chesterfield Valley, right next to Annie Guns. The next thing you do for Christmas, for your father-in-law, head to Ace Hardware and pick him up a Weber Eye Grill. A Weber Eye Grill allows you to place a probe into the piece of meat and he'll download an app to his phone and it'll tell really? him exactly the temperature that the meat is at. He flips it at 100 degrees and with the Weber Eye Grill, when that thing gets to medium well, 150 degrees, he'll have no problem at all just taking it right off the grill. It won't be overdone. He, everything is on his phone. Hmm. So however many steaks he's doing, if you buy the Weber Eye Grill, you can buy it with four different sensors. And he can make every steak perfectly and not screw it up. Help him out. Secret seasoning, smokehouse market at Annie Guns, and the Weber Eye Grill. Ace is a place with the help for help for hardware folks. There you go. <laughs> Randy, you're playing chess, not checkers oh, yeah. over there. Uh, and also so many little subtle ads that you've had today. I'm always good with anything that includes Weber because as long as I live, I think I'm always gonna be a Weber kettle man, just like at the core. That's all I really need. Just a Give me like a thirty dollar Weber kettle. So yeah, Weber, the job done. Remember the Weber Eye Grill, and you you even have time to get it on Amazon today. But the Weber Eye Grill is sensational. I think I've given it as gifts. I gave it uh, one a few years ago to our GM John Kioski. And uh, <laughs> my gosh, he, he said the other night uh, I, I was at an event with him, and he said it was the best gift he ever got. So wow, uh, yeah, it, it, it's awesome. It's great. So your your father in law cannot screw it up. Can't screw up the ribeyes if you give them those little tools that I just mentioned. There you go. You're welcome. There you go. Very well. Uh, Dear Uncle Randy, I brought my girlfriend an engagement ring over the weekend, but I'm not going to propose until next year after the holidays. Mm. She, of course, has no idea that I have the ring already and keeps showing me ideas every night. How do I work around this without giving anything away? Smile, oh, just uh, smile and Brooke, uh, you can help me out here, but I think if he just says, well, that looks great. That looks nice. I like that one. That's, all, that's the only game you have to play. Yeah. And then... She'll be really surprised. She might be disappointed that if you you aren't proposing either Christmas or New Year's, but it'll be a big surprise when you provide it. Brooke, can you add some? Uh, can you flesh out this point for me? Is is that the way to go for him? Yeah, I, I'm. I am very curious about waiting until next year after the holidays. Maybe it's just the perfect time, perfect situation. Maybe he wants but just to disappoint her a little bit. <laughs> well, he, next year, I mean, it could be like January fifth after yeah. the holidays. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's after the holidays. Oh, yeah. okay, after the holidays. Yeah, like, I, sure. I, was, I was thinking I, initially at first. I thought, like, yes. next year yeah. I was holidays. like, oh. That's a, that's a long time. No, so I think that that's... next, in 2024. There we go. That makes January sense. January 7th or something like that. I, I totally get that. And I think that's the best way to handle it is just play it off. Just say, oh, that looks nice. Don't be mm-hmm. too curious or anything like that. And then she'll be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's great. a good idea. Good. And also congratulations, too. Congrats. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> that's a good point. Family. Congratu- yeah. Now tell us how you're going to do it. I always love to know the engagement stories. Anybody else? I need like the full story of what's um, happening. Yeah, text us in if you got a paragraph. If you're driving along, just, just... Uh, and it's a long story, <laughs> just text into us. This is, my sister recently got engaged and everyone asked me, how did it, how, how did it happen? How did he do it? And <laughs> the blank look that would go across my face and the disappointment that would hit people like, oh, you don't have the story. I have no clue. You don't have the story? No. Why would I have the story? It's not my engagement. Most men don't. I've noticed that. Yeah, like we are just. <laughs> I now know where it happened because I saw the Facebook post. It but I didn't like. Cool. Yeah, but the well, details. Okay, no, no, so this is. He gave her a ring. She said, "Yeah." That, yeah that's the details. No, no, more of the details. How did he do it? Was there a letter? Was so, there bro. a poem recited? We we had this conversation with Michelle one time. I did. Um, the show because here's the thing like we'll go out and we'll play golf for three and a half hours and a guy will tell his buddy hey dude i'm getting a divorce and then you'll start talking about the cardinals last night (laughs) until you go home (laughs) and you say oh steve is getting a divorce and the wife or the girlfriend will say oh my god what happened you say well I don't know. But they're getting a divorce. Literally, literally happened with David the other day, and he forgot all of the important details. And I was like, I was like, no, I need to know. We don't even like, know all the details. I'm like, how do you not follow up with any questions? He's like, I don't know. Man, we're I'm sorry to hear that. You, you okay? I'm good. Do you good. have any details? Right. Well, by 18, so, we, so they voted in the third inning. By 18, they convinced him to get back on the dating apps. I mean, I, I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, he's gonna be good. The details the are details. not. <laughs> It's a, it's right on by. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh my God! What happened? It's <laughs> that sucks, man. Sorry, bro. And then and then just yeah. moving on. That's wild to me. In this story, that you can just move on. Here's the thing. It can be this quick. It can be, dude. I'm getting divorced. Oh man, sorry. And then whack. Son of a Yeah. Maybe one one you okay man? And if he as long as he yeah. gives you like I'm making it yeah, cool. Oh, all right, we're good. That's good. it. We no, if he goes into uh well, you know, yeah, yeah, now he, we can you talk. gotta do it. But if he's like, no, I'm good, good. All right, okay. All right. Maybe, maybe, so what's maybe next? This is a deeper discussion of with men, is it because you don't want to get into that emotional space of having no, to discuss the feelings and stuff? You just don't care. If you care because you asked, are you okay? But it's yeah. not I something also, that you have to spend time on. There's other things to do. I also think so cool. I don't think there's, there's something else. Six to one last night. I love the guys I usually play golf with, but at the same time, I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna show them any weakness that in 15 years they can use against me on the golf course. Oh, no. And something that I'm is, not gonna show that, 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 No, yeah. because that, the that will come back. You remember that time Rock was crying on the that golf course? That is the most savage group of people I know. My golf buddies are yeah. the most savage group I know. He got, he got divorced. He was crying yeah. about it. What a baby! 
everybody's <laughs> golf buddies. <laughs> everybody's golf buddies are their meanest but their most lovable friends. And so you're not going to show them weakness. No, no. you can't. Oh, They'll let you get through it then, yeah. but five, ten years Maybe. from now. Y'all remember where Rock is crying on the golf course? We can enjoy the time we had. <laughs> we can divorce. His wife cheated we on him. He was crying. We waited three months for that tea time. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Coming up next here on 101 ESPN. By the way, you should know that uh, later on in this program at 845, we are going to have our opening drive Christmas movie draft. We all have our big boards ready and we're ready to draft. And then we're going to get your reaction to said draft at 930. So we want you to stay tuned for the draft at 845. We also are going to talk to you with Jamie Rivers at 815 and Bobby Tommy. Bobby Tommy. A.K.A. Robert Thomas. He's going to join us at 9.15. But next up, if the card enough innings from their starters, is that enough to protect this bullpen? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergrain, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Last year, for the Baltimore Orioles, Kyle Gibson pitched 192 innings. Between the White Sox and the Dodgers, Lance Lynn delivered 183 and two-thirds. And pitching for the Minnesota Twins, Sonny Gray threw 184. If a pitcher delivers 30 starts and averages six innings a start, that would be 180 innings. If the Cardinals, in my opinion, and this doesn't include... Miles Michaelis, who's capable of it, he has been a guy that over the years has given the Cardinals, if nothing else, innings, and he's had some really good years in addition to giving them innings. And you'd hope that Miles, uh, that Stephen Matz could give innings, but the the combination of of Matz and whomever could give the Cardinals. That's probably your five inning guy, unfortunately. Uh, Michaelis last year threw uh, two hundred and one innings. So if the Cardinals can get between one hundred and eighty six and two hundred innings out of their starting pitching. And only count on their bullpen for nine outs a night on the average. I think that would be a monstrous advantage for the Cardinals against the rest of the National League. Here's why. I I have faith in a healthy Ryan Helsley. I have some faith in, uh, is it Yo-Yo or Ho-Ho Romero? Yo-Ho. Yo-Ho Romero. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, if put in a non-stressful situation, more times than not can get you out of an inning. But then I look at the rest of the relief pitching, and it's not that I don't have faith in them necessarily. It's one of them I don't. But 
we just don't know about people like uh, Ryan Fernandez, who came over in the in the trade that sent Tyler O'Neill to Boston. I don't know enough about Jean King or Adam Klaffenstein or uh, Riley O'Brien, who apparently is a strikeout machine, came over from the Mariners organization. Uh, I, I don't know about Sam Robertson. I, I don't know enough about C.D. Rahm or Guillermo Zuniga. I, I don't have a ton of confidence in Palante, but maybe he'll, in his third year, revert to his rookie form. I do believe that if the Cardinals, from these veteran, well-seasoned pitchers, if they can get 185 innings to 200 innings out of each of them, that's going to make the Cardinals significantly better. And by the way, it's going to be incumbent upon Ali Marmol to allow these pitchers to A, get through or into a third time through the order, and B, deal with adversity. Because Ali has this habit of getting guys out in the sixth inning and putting his bullpen in a situation where they have to give 11 or 12 outs rather than 7, 8, 9 outs. Well, and that's what we saw this past season, right? But I would assume by signing Lance Lynn, you talked about the innings, and we talked about them being innings eaters. By signing those guys with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, not only is that insurance, but that's exactly what you're looking for. I, I would hope that by signing them that you realize that that's what you have to do moving forward is let those guys stay in the game and work through it. Now, for the younger players, when you're asking them, when they're in the minors, why not see if they can go like through the lineup three or maybe four times? Get them prepared for that because if you're going out and having to purchase innings eaters, then why not do that? Yes, Randy? Yes. I've got an idea. Yes. I've got an idea. Okay. Yes. Can change baseball. Oh, Mo, I know you're listening because you do. Okay, I'm going to get my pen out. Okay, minor leaguers. Okay, you have minor league pitchers, minor league starting pitchers. Every minor league starting pitcher, every out they get after the sixth inning, they get $500 per out in the minor leagues. At the major league level, $5,000 per out for every inning that, or every out that they deliver after the sixth inning. Where where does the money come from? Your, Your budget. Oh, okay. Yep. So it's, for example, if, if, a guy gets an extra $500,000. This is about, by the way, wanting to win. Yes. That's that's what it would be. But if if a guy would go seven rather than six, okay, so you're getting an extra three outs per start. Three times 30 is 30, uh, 90 innings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, but the, the big thing is three times 30, 90 outs. So 90 outs times 5,000, what would that be? Matthew, you're the math guy here. 40, uh, 450,000. 450, 450, 450, 450, that that's worth oh, it. That yeah. to me 45, is yeah. worth it. The, the $450,000 is worth it to get those extra outs and innings. Didn't they do something like that? I remember Ozzy Smith telling some sort of story about an incentive to help the players want to steal bases more. Oh, he had the the bet with Whitey, yes. ground ball and yes. strikeout versus fly ball and uh, strikeout. So it was a dollar, though. It was 1982. Of course, yeah, different now, times. Now, you don't even have to put this in the contract because there's no salary cap in baseball. You can just say, okay, tell your pitchers in spring training, major league pitchers, every out you get after the sixth, you're getting five grand. Minor league pitchers, every out you get after the sixth inning, you're getting 500. Then you aren't going to have those George Kirby situations where he's pitching a no-hitter in the eighth and he wonders why he's in the game. Now they'll know the expectation, because they're being rewarded for it, is to go beyond six innings and not just be five and dive or go six and get the hell out of there. Is it 
on the pitcher or is it more on the actual manager? Because for me, it feels like the analytics are the reason that the pitchers come out after the sixth inning. They don't want them to see the lineup the third time around. So the the analytics mm-hmm. portion would have to change. The mindset would have to change more so than the pitcher's mindset. But, but Kerry, I think what's happening in the minor leagues now is players are pitchers are conditioned to go a maximum of six. And so they get to the majors, and they're in the fifth inning, and they're looking over their shoulder at that bullpen, thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, uh, are they going to come and get job. me now? Yeah, yeah. Can they, can, they, can they come and get me now? Can they get, come and get me now? What you want is the Adam Wainwrights and Danny Cox and Alec Manoas who say, but when the— when the manager gets to the top step of the dugout, he glares at him. Says, "Don't come out! Don't don't you even think about coming out to this mound? That's what you need. You want pitchers that want to go the whole way. You want to have pitchers that want to go nine. And <laughs> remember the night that. And I again, I know the Cardinals are listening, so I, I want to be gentle here. So I, I asked Danny Cox what would happen if he were throwing a two hitter with one out in the eighth and the manager would come out of the dugout. And he said, I'd punch him in the face. That's what you want. You want the pitcher that has that I'll punch him in the face attitude when he comes out of the game. Not, why the hell am I still in the game? You want guys you want to guys give you innings. Yeah. 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 That's what it and you also have to have the manager, rather than looking at the analytics, okay, third time through the order, all that crap. And it is crap. You have to have the manager use his eyes and say, okay, who's my best pitcher Right now, is it the guy who's gone seven and a third and has allowed one hit, or is it Andre Pallante? Right, that's the, the 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 manager has to use his eyes and his gut, and not the numbers in front of him that say, "Oh, well, this guy through the." But you know what? This is a different night. He's allowed one hit through seven and a third. This isn't the 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 analytics of the last five mm-hmm. games or whatever. What you need to do is use your eyes and use your gut. Exactly. And that's where it goes back to the minor leagues is getting those guys prepared for those situations. Because, mm-hmm. of course, you can't just all of a sudden learn that in the majors to be thrown in that situation. No. They're not going to be prepared for it, as you mentioned there. If they are used to being pulled by the sixth inning or even yeah. earlier, then they have never been allowed to have a situation where they can learn mm-hmm. to go past that point and really push through that adversity. And, Brooke, here's the beauty of this idea. Is an agent really going to say, yeah, don't give my guy extra money. I only want him to go six innings. It only helps them. Yep. Quick question, just overall on the Cardinals. Um, point of parliamentary procedure here for Matthew. Because I want to get this so we're not doing, <laughs> so we're not doing hindsight when this comes around. Uh, yeah. If the Cardinals do not make another big move in the bullpen, yep. is this a big risk? Yes. Leaning yes. on these guys to get enough innings that you don't uh-huh. need another arm in the bullpen. It so is. if it fails... It we know we, we're saying it right now that they did not adequately prepare themselves for a for a situation where this plan does not work. Are they are the guys going to be 34, 35, 36, 37, or 35, 30? The They're average be, will be thirty five. Who will? The average. Are you talking yeah, about thirty? Average rotation? is thirty five. Yeah. Can you count on an average of thirty five year old guys in two thousand twenty four? It's not two thousand four. It's two thousand twenty four to go that many innings. You shouldn't plan on it. And oh, by the way, you're going to have somebody get hurt, right? You're going to have somebody, in, mm-hmm. right? Probably. You have Ryan Helsley on your team. You're going to no. have somebody get hurt. So get another relief pitcher. Exactly. Well, when you were talking about Ryan <laughs> I Helsley, that was funny. you need to. <laughs> it is. You really do. Because with Ryan Helsley, he, what was it, 70, around 71 days with a strained forearm yeah, last season. Yeah. And then prior to that, he had shoulder issues yep. in, what was that, 2019, I believe, is when he was going through. No. So he had elbow issues in 2021, and then he had shoulder problems in 2019. Yeah. 
you have to have somebody else in that bullpen, right? No doubt about it. And you've got a guy from the Cardinal listening area, from Paducah, Kentucky, and Phil Maton that's sitting out there in free agency. He's won world championships. He's been a really good pitcher. Last year had a three ERA in 68 games with the Astros. Phil Maton seems to be like the perfect fit for this organization. I would hope that the Cardinals would have interest in him. I know the name has been brought up, at least by fans, but I think he would be an interesting guy to have on this team. Why so, not? We'll go see. for it. Hopefully. Figure something out. Uh, yeah, but at all end of the day, if the Cardinals can get six innings average out of their starters, they'll be ahead of pretty much everybody else in baseball. And that's why, and Mo is 100% right about this, that's why the signings of Lynn and Gibson and Gray are good things for the Cardinals. All right. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we have Take It or Leave It. And that means you need to text in. The text number is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Tioli next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. If you can take it, if you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Now here on 101 ESPN, Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew, and kids, got a question for you. Mm-hmm. On Monday, the NFL is going to have their first Christmas Day triple header, games from noon basically through 10 p.m. The NBA traditionally has had games throughout the day on Christmas Day. Take it or leave it, the NFL TV ratings outdraw the NBA TV ratings 4-1 to one on Monday. Oh, that's a lot. Who, um... Only game that I think is really going to be the most interesting as far as NFL goes is that Ravens uh, 49ers game. It's going to be a good game. Oh, that's going to have a lot really of eyeballs on it. I don't know if it'll be four to one, but football is king. So yeah, it is. They will it's crazy. I'm going to have to take it just because it's it's what you do, right? That's you got, it. You got to watch some football. You got the Raiders yeah. and the yeah. Chiefs. Meh. People will tune in, to, tune in to watch the Chiefs, and there will be a lot of money on the game. You got mm-hmm. the Eagles and the Giants. You got the – it's football. That's, a, that's it's, the bottom line. The it's division football. rivals. They'll <laughs> yeah. watch. But that, like I said, that Ravens 49ers game is Tommy. Tommy DeVito. Hey. 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 He, he made good on the pizza thing, by the way. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, uh, he went to the pizza place, and then he told his agent, yeah, you aren't going to do my promotional stuff anymore. Uh, really? You whacked him. Yeah. He didn't whack him, though, because the guy still gets to do his football. He does still get to do that, yes. Yeah. So it's not completely done. No, but his promotional stuff after he doubled the price for the, uh, the pizza place. Good job. Tommy, that's that's, a, that's, yeah, that's Tommy how you up. know good character went to the University of Illinois. There you go. Good man. <laughs> yeah, there it is. We, we, we make them with good character. Mm-hmm. Football players with great character. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Uh, so we were talking about the NFL. Look at Brock Hayden. He's a <laughs> <laughs> The NFL. Oh, come on. Is he turned out Alden Smith? Yeah, he's DGB. Oh, yeah. That's great. Uh, you no? Know? Those great aren't guys. the ones we usually. Oh, okay. Oh, Jeremy Macklin. He's good. good. Like that one a lot. William Moe, Sean mm-hmm. Weatherspoon, Ziggy Hood. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. A little bit more, thank you. Cool. <laughs> okay, let me throw something out here. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, I, I, I only want to take this 30 seconds. Okay. But if 
back in the day where marijuana was illegal in the state of Missouri. Why would you sit in a car being the only car on a massive parking lot in a football facility? Yes, Matthew, be smoking marijuana. Why would you do that? Randy, there's just not a lot of places on a college campus to do that. <laughs> no. your, your own apartment doesn't yeah. count as one. I think that would be There's one. just not too yeah, many places on a college so, campus where you can get away yeah, with that kind of activity. Yeah, Especially in a zoo. Buttoned up, people go to class in like suits and ties. I mean, oh, sweater yeah. vests. It's a very, very academic institution. Yep. Maybe it oh, was okay. because Doriel Green Beckham didn't think anybody would recognize him. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh. Just a 6'5 star receiver. Yeah, I'm just going to say this right now. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to see you at all, sir. Uh, I miss his time with the Titans. Uh, yeah. Athletes would yeah. just stick out like yeah. sore thumbs constantly because it's like, oh, the only 6'2 person decked out in black head to toe every single single day. Shouldn't it have been a dead giveaway in regard to his football intelligence when they could only line him up in one spot? That's a bad that's a bad thing. A bad <laughs> I thing. think about this all the time. The Titans, oh man. That was a whole mess. So I'm looking at the, the NFL and, and the teams that are performing really well and coach of the year is going to be a tough, tough sale and try to figure out who's going to be, take it or leave it. The Cleveland Browns win double digit games with four quarterbacks, Kevin Stefanski should be your coach of the year. Uh, Carrie, I'm going to take that. Mm, yeah, he's yeah. he's the first Browns coach since Marty Schottenheimer to have two separate winning seasons. Man. Marty Schottenheimer wow. left there in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> so, Good for yeah. the Browns. It's yeah. stinking uh, it up for all those decades. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I know that Mike McCarthy will get votes. Simply he because shouldn't. he he no I agree with you but he but he will Kyle I know Shanahan that, uh, Shanahan will Jim Harbaugh uh, and McDaniel or John Harbaugh yeah. which one is it yeah Mc, John. Mc, McDaniel will but <laughs> yeah Stefanski should be coach of the year I don't they're nine and five there's no they're way that team should be nine and five. four quarterbacks yeah that's they've crazy. had they've started four quarterbacks yeah. That's, and they're winning and with Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco was on the <laughs> on the street. He's at home watching football for the first eight weeks. Joe Flacco had the fifth most yards for a quarterback in their first three games for a franchise. Wow. Ever. That's good. insane. Pretty good. That is good. Well, as you guys saw yesterday, Eli Drinkwitz and Mizzou, they are booked and busy, and they're busy standing on business. Caden Green yesterday, and also, I don't know if you guys noticed, Courtney Crutchfield oh, yeah. from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. By the way, that high school mascot's is the fighting zebras, which that's a great high school mascot, by the way. I would hate to see a zebra in a fight, though. For some, for some reason, it would just bother me to see a zebra fighting. I, was I don't think I've ever even seen that. I don't know. Than I haven't either. Think. Yeah. There you go. So it, it makes sense. It's a good yeah. mascot. So take it or leave it, guys. The receiver room for Mizzou next season is going to be deadly. You have Courtney Crutchfield now, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss, Demetrius Johnson, and then you have James Madison II. He's still kicking, huh? Wait. <laughs> Brooke, that's a little bit of time, isn't it, between James Madison the first and James Madison? Uh, wasn't James Madison the first, like 1776? He was like our fourth president. Like the fourth, yeah, fourth, yeah. Fourth, yeah. fourth one of the framers of the Constitution. <laughs> so James he's, Madison the second? That's why I said he's going to be deadly. Because you, can you imagine him, the fourth president of the United States? I, yeah, yeah. Is History. Five, is James Madison the second 5-4? I hope not. I really hope not. James Madison, by the way, fun fact. James Madison II, our shortest president. Smallest. Small. Small. He beat you with speed. Uh, having watched the play, maybe the greatest play ever, 
Hamilton multiple times. I didn't realize it, James Madison. Well, no, I guess George Washington was our first African-American president. Uh, you guys ever seen Hamilton? I have not. Okay. <laughs> no. I, need, I wanted to see you it. You need to see it. I did. I, okay. I do. I still want to see it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, but, yeah, James Madison, also an African-American president. <laughs> and Thomas Jefferson. There's many relatives. Yeah. Of so James Madison the second is a uh, M I Z Z O U tiger. All James right, so. Madison, five foot four. Little, yeah, like a, like you said, a wee a lad. Wee little lad. Yeah, look, leprechaun. <laughs> George Washington was like 6'2". G-Dub was a big fella, yeah. You ma- especially back then. Uh-huh. Was he scary for that? Oh, because he was just a giant. He was a tower giant. Yeah. <laughs> just being British and no all of a sudden this is like big, this big ass Virginian comes strolling through. Oh my He's God, said, I'm terrifying. the president. What's the president? Me. Okay. <laughs> you giant yeah. person. By the way, do you think anybody, Always did they call him Mr. President or did they walk in and say, hey G-Dub? Do you think I don't they know had nicknames back then? According to John <laughs> Adams, the HBO show, historically accurate. Okay, good. it was just Mr. President. Let's find out. <laughs> okay, uh, take it or leave it. Christmas dinner isn't as good as Thanksgiving, but at least it's special. All right, uh, it's I was actually food. thinking about this like this morning. Have you guys? Uh, I have taken the tack of casualizing Christmas dinner. When oh. I was a kid, we had like a Thanksgiving turkey and all of that stuff at Christmas. We do pizza now. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys do Christmas? Uh, I've been tasked with barbecuing, so I guess See? that that is yep. a little that's casualizing a little yeah. bit. I'm tasked with eating. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Um, no, I don't. I don't know actually. Do you do something big and extravagant, or do you do you just kind of nibble? I used to when I was back home with my parents, but uh-huh. now with just David and I, we we'll just eat anything. Anything good. Chinese food. That's a good play on Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good play. So uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to take it that because. The Thanksgiving dinner is, it's bigger now for me. I, I've totally gone cash on Christmas Day. Very nice. Going out to dinner on Christmas Eve, though. There you go. I like to get Italian. Is it kind of, you, are you offended, Rocky, when I call it Italian? No. <laughs> okay, good. Some, some Italians get att- uh, offended when you call it Italian. Oh, so you're not going to get offended at that, but I do the gabagool. And you get offended at that? <laughs> yeah, because one of them is a Missouri guy pronouncing a word a little differently. The other one's you being like, it's okay to make this joke. He did Not it. okay and to Tommy make that joke. Tommy DeVito jo- does it. And, Tom- and Tommy Vito can he do it. He has the your stadium doing it now. That's well, awesome. That is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, so it is really New York. A, it's a... It's like forty yeah. percent. It's like forty percent Italian. Hey, Stop, it, the, hey. Stop it, Brock. Stop it. Stop it. Give me cultural it's, appropriation. It's, it's showing love, I'm man. Sure that I have like a little bit of Italian. When I, first, I don't know. When, when I first saw it, I thought he was doing the uh, the Johnny Manziel. You know the. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. A little different. Uh, Taking or leaving. If Drink keeps recruiting and dominating the portal like this, Mizzou will be a twelve-team playoff contender more often than not. Take it. Ooh, yeah. yeah I'll take it if as long as he's here. CD. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know what? That's Pe- the lifeblood of your your program. And people are so coming. You're taking up, it? I don't yeah. know where it's coming from, but people are coming up with the NIL cash for these kids. Obviously, so good for Mizzou. That's a key that has been a lock that's been locked for a long time, and somehow Eli made or found the key to get money, big money for that Mizzou football program. When you look at those stadium improvements, they get people. Oh yeah, I'm just going to make an anonymous ten million dollar gift. To, and they've they've got multiples of those. It hap- it is happening on a regular basis. I need to. I was born too early. <laughs> Did you guys? Uh, Let's take it back. One last one. Did you guys see uh, the Grizzlies game last night? Take it or leave it. John Morant came back with his suspension gu- guns blazing because oh, shooters are going to shoot. Oh, I'll take 35 it. Thirty-five.
25 points, yeah. 24 shots. Let's go, yeah. baby. Call, call 12. Call 12. <laughs> Game yeah. winning Let's go. Yeah. Game winning shot. That was, I mean, he was yeah. gassed. It was, it was fun to watch, though. I mean, I hope he took that time off to really evaluate and not make poor decisions or be around or be in situations that can cause him to – Miss more time, but it was good. He he's a he's a phenomenal basketball player. He is, and he w- let's see, because I, I, I was seeing, yeah, he went twelve of twenty four, and there was one shot that he missed by about nine millimeters. Uh, <laughs> Randy, no, <laughs> no, no, what are we doing here? Thank you, Matthew. Uh, I cannot. <laughs> You and the texture just you and the texture were LeBron and Wade on that one. Just throw it up, let him finish. Uh, coming up next year on 101 ESPN, our fresh take: Should Drew Bannister ever become the permanent head coach of the Blues? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. The turnovers, you know, uh, some of it was pressure, but we have to have we have to have support. We have to do better on the walls. Like we have to be stronger in those areas. I didn't I didn't foresee us cheating, but you know, we, like I said, we we were, you know, we, we just got to do a better dead job when we're we're defending. You know, there there was a couple times just you know in the second period returning to D zone, like the the one goal shouldn't even happen if we just get to our spots quicker. Um, you know, and then we get we get into penalty trouble a little bit. So, um, you know. But to me, um, you know, the turnovers in both ends forced us to defend. Um, and when we had to defend, we weren't we weren't brave enough to get in shots in shooting lanes. That is Drew Bannister, the interim head coach of your St. Louis Blues after a 6-1 loss last night in Tampa. And he used different words to say the exact same thing that Craig Berube said a lot. And by the way, two great wins under Drew Bannister for the Blues to start his tenure. But not enough compete last night, not enough moving of the feet. And like he said, not brave enough to really get into the fight. That was that certain words that I hear that really light up to me. Because if <laughs> the one thing that a professional athlete hates to have attacked is their manhood. Mm-hmm. And saying that you're not brave enough or unwilling to do something should light a fire under you. And, and you know, the best players will, will run through a brick wall for you. And they, they will do everything that they can. It, it's that, That's troubling to me. Just to let go in that manner and, and be down six to nothing and then, you know, finally you get a goal there at the end of the game. But it, it's... That's troubling. And and to hear that you're not brave enough to do a certain part of the game that is required to be done, I think that speaks volumes to where this team is and what this team is. And this is going to be it's gonna be a long, long second half. If that's how if those are the words and this is the play that you get. Exactly. And I, here's the thing. It is a great two wins under Bannister, but they didn't just lose last night. That was not a good game overall, where it kind of felt like a lot of the old habits or what we had seen prior to the Baruby firing starting to come back. And that's just the inconsistent play, that fight, that will, that want to not exactly being there. And I was saying this earlier, some guys with just some tenacity right? Some fire in them. And it feels like the Blues are just missing that right now. At any point, do you think that the Lightning players were thinking, oh, if I do this, this guy's going to get my face last night? 
No, no, no they didn't. No and, no, and brave enough is a good word. The interesting part about it is, Tampa took sixty-three shots at the net. The Blues took sixty-one. The Blues actually outhit Tampa sixteen to thirteen. But to Drew Bannister's point, the Blues uh, had sixteen giveaways. The Lightning had three. The Lightning had. Uh, 19 takeaways, let me get this right, 12 takeaways, and the Blues had four takeaways. So in terms of puck possession, and by the way, Blues were out face-off 58 to 42. It's a hard way to keep puck possession. Blues just didn't have possession of the puck. And actually to get 61 shots, 61 shot attempts to 63 for them with the lack of puck possession that they had was pretty notable. It also kind of gives you an idea of how Jordan Bennington played because he was not good. No. But uh, in terms of puck possession, it's hard to score when you keep giving the puck away or having it taken away. Yeah, it, that's that's a very valid point. It's just where do you go from here, right? Because I think puppy. that there's still an <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 you don't kick the puppy, please, no. <laughs> but we keep talking about accountability. That was one of the things that Armstrong said. Another thing that really stuck out in that Army press conference is where he said nobody's job is safe. Nobody's job is safe. And if that's not enough as a player to really wake you up and spark that fire and energy, then I don't know what else you can do with this group. Here's the thing, Brooke. I don't think that the Blues have players that are performing to a level that would allow them to not be safe. If you're another team, all due respect to Nick Letty, are you trading for Nick Letty? If you're trying to win this year, are you going to trade for Nick Letty or, or Marco Scandella? Uh Braden Shen has, I think, four years left on his contract, three years left on his contract. We love Shenner here, but essentially, if you're a really good team, you trade for Braden Shen, third-line guy, right? He's a, he's a top six for us, but for most teams, he's probably a top nine. Uh, Torpchenko, you, he's cheap. You aren't getting rid of him. Robert Thomas is going to be here. Brandon Saad, probably an, un, an untradeable commodity in terms of getting representative value in return. When I look at this team, Tory Krug, he, he was going to be taken by Philadelphia in a salary dump when they were going to move Sanheim. I guess Colton Pareko would probably bring a return. Neighbors would bring a return. Otherwise... But is your team better if you get rid of those yeah, two right. players? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm talking, yeah, neighbors you don't want to. Yeah. Is but your if, team better? If you're thinking Pareko's your best defenseman, right? right? But if you're and he's thirty, but if if you're thinking of going rebuild, are you going to get much in return if you're trying to rebuild for the guys that you give up? Now, maybe you could get rid of the whole contract. I don't know if there's a team in the league that could take on some of these contracts. I I agree with you about Pareko, but that's probably your most valuable commodity. I'll bet you could get a one and a two for a guy that's got that much term left. But why would you want to do that? Because to your point, Pareko should be a guy that plays well until he's 38. Yeah, yeah, he should be. And it it seems like by firing Craig Ruby, he wanted to see, Army wanted to see if a different message would work for this group. At what point do we start to change from retooling to rebuilding? What will what else will Army need to see or not see, I guess, from this group to say, okay, well, this is the time where I got to ship some of these guys out. I don't think you can do it during the season. Because I think the salary cap situation in the NHL is so tight, Mm -hmm. nobody has the money to take on these salaries. So I I would think that they would have, number one, they would have to take on some of the money that some of these guys are getting. And number two, you've got to find teams that are willing to give up reasonable value for players that aren't presenting a lot of value to you right now. This is, it's intriguing because I think they're stuck here for a while. I mean, you got 
many players with a no trade clause. So unless they are <laughs> willing to go elsewhere, you're not going to be able to move them. Uh, we saw that this summer with Tory Crew. He was like, "No, thank you. <laughs> you mm-hmm. you did it. I nah, I don't want to go." And so then it becomes. How do you change the roster if if you've given guys a lot of money, you've given them full no trade clauses in their contract? How do you move them if they don't want to be moved? If they're just like you know the heck with it, I'm going to stay here, and if we play well, we play well. If we don't, we don't. But I still get paid. Mm-hmm. Then how do you get this team better? And that makes it harder to evaluate Drew Bannister, doesn't it? It, it does. It, it's hard to evaluate everybody. But if if Bannister for whatever reason in some manner or form, can get this group going, then he becomes your guy. He's got plenty of time. He's going to have 50 games. Give the guy 50 games to allow you to figure out, as an organization, whether or not he's the guy for the future or whether you need to go find somebody else. Mm-hmm. That is today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Jamie Rivers had to uh, switch his time to 8.30, which is when we normally have the fight. And because of Jamie, we're changing our schedule. <laughs> I like. Are you making this clear so somebody doesn't on the YouTube chat get mad at us that we change the schedules and think that we're doing this? Yes. Uh, So we are going to have the fight coming up next. Yes, sir. You don't think after that person commented that I go back and change the Facebook post now? Oh, the Facebook post has been changed for 45 minutes. Okay, good. Uh, So Jamie Rivers at 830. An early edition of the fight. Did I win yesterday? Do we need a fighter? Yes. Okay. yes. I hit the jack yesterday. Yeah. Oh. oh, okay. It's hard to remember. When you have so much success, you really only focus on the ones that you lose because they come so so rarely. Mm-hmm. The losses oh. sting. Oh, they do. You know what I mean? So you remember, you're like, ah, I lost yesterday. I got, but when you just, <laughs> you're just winning, you know, you're just trying to get better every day. I was at a Christmas party the other night, and somebody said, came up to me and said, what's your record in the fight? And I said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then you like actually give the number. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh. It's 450 like, and oh. 38. <laughs> Yeah, I would have to do the math because I mean, fifty-two weeks. We do five shows a week, so it's probably around like two hundred and forty show, two hundred forty fights a year. Uh-huh. So I mean, you'd be like for this, like, like for last year, you would have gone like two hundred and like twenty-seven and thirteen. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, I was I was thinking maybe two ten and thirty. I don't. I, there's it's it can't be that much because like the average like we get like. Three or four fights you lose per month. So be, I mean, maybe okay, maybe it is thirty six. Then yeah, so maybe it's two, yeah, two ten and thirty. Now's your chance. All you need to do is text you in to the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! With your name and the word fight, maybe you'll fight me next on one hundred one ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on one hundred one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Now, Mike, the last few fighters haven't had such great luck. Are you are you excited and ready to take on Randy Carricker? I got some butterflies, but last year I faced Randy and he wiped the floor with me, so I'm looking <sighs> for a little rejection. All right, well, we'll see how this one goes. All right, here we go. Who was the first player to ever score 70 goals in a season? Is it Mario Lemieux, 
Phil Esposito or Wayne Gretzky? Let's go with... Let's go with the great one, Wayne Gretzky. On this day in 2007, the Rams retired number 28 for Marshall Falk, who is the only other greatest show on turf era Ram to have their number retired by the franchise. Was it Orlando Pace, Kurt Warner, or Isaac Bruce? Uh, I believe it's Kurt Warner. On this day in 1926, the Cardinals pulled off a rare feat, trading an MVP and future Hall of Famer for another Hall of Famer when they traded Rogers Hornsby for which future Cardinals MVP? Is it Mort Cooper, Joe Medwick, or Frankie Frisch? Frisch. Frankie Frisch. <clears throat> Raleigh Fingers was moved twice within a week back in December of 1980, finally ending up with the Brewers via the Cardinals. Which team started the saga trading Fingers to the Cardinals on December 8th? Was it the Giants, the Padres, or the A's? I believe it was the Oakland A's. All right, we'll double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Mike, how you feel? Not great. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, it happens. Happens to the best of them. Yeah. And Rock does a pretty good job of staying up all night, pondering these wonderful questions, and he, he doesn't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> and he comes in angry in the morning because he had to worry about these questions and how Randy Carrick. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. What happened? I thought you almost failed, sir. You all no, right? No, I was just picking up my phone. Okay. Oh, right. I just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little. Got scared for a little bit. Yeah. I thought you fell back oh. into the wall. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's, it's amazing how durable phones are these days. Yes. Yes, yes they are. Until the uh, two years and then the battery starts dying. Uh, right? For some reason, right? It doesn't allow you to charge, huh? Those mm. phone companies are pretty smart. Mm. Randy, say hello to Mike. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Doing well, sir. How are you? Everything's great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Absolutely. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Who was the first player to ever score 70 goals in a season? Uh, in a hockey season? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, not, not, not soccer? Not soccer. That would be mess I. NHL, not WHL. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the, uh, the great former Bruin and Ranger, Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito, uh, one year had 76 goals and 76 assists for the, I think it was like 70-71 for the Bruins? 152 points. That's not bad. Wow. Had uh, Bobby Orr on his side. It's not bad. No, uh, Bobby Orr was the defenseman. How Phil do we Esposito get 70 goals from a player? Uh, you got to score every night. Yeah, Brett, Brett Hall did 86, man. Oh my God. Wasn't that long gone so of those days? Yeah, those did. Well, I think they might be coming back. Oh. We had a 60 last year, right? That's kind of why the question's on there yeah. is because Matt, uh, I believe there's Matthews in whoever's matching. There's another player yeah. right now who's matching him goal for goal uh, most games. They're on yeah. pace right now to, to, to touch 70. Pretty incredible. Question number two. On this day in 2007, the Rams retired number 28 for Marshall Falk. Mm. Who is the only other greatest show on turf era Ram to have their number retired by the franchise? Okay, let me start with this. Did you guys see, by the way, the other night that Chris Berman was at the Blues game? Yeah. So uh, he was in town earlier for the Metallica concert, too, and I ran into him because we've known each other forever because he used to come in when the Cardinals, he would do ESPN radio and for the playoffs, and he, he knew that I did 
radio talk here, so he would ask me cardinal questions and stuff. So we'd known each other forever. But he said his favorite thing ever doing NFL Countdown was the greatest show on turf. Really? Yeah, wow. doing those sh- Marshall, shows. Marshall, Marshall, yeah. Marshall. And I said, man, we, we have such great memories of you doing those, getting home from the games and watching. He said, oh, it was the most fun I've ever had doing Countdown. So it was fun. And it was Isaac Bruce, by the way, that had his <laughs> number 80 retired. The first jersey that I ever had, first jersey I ever had anywhere was an Isaac Bruce jersey. It's hmm. a good one to have. Yeah. Yes, it is. On this day in 1926, the Cardinals pulled off a rare feat, trading an MVP and future Hall of Famer for another Hall of Famer when they traded Rogers, Rogers Hornsby for which future Cardinal MVP? I'm going to go Frankie Frisch. I'm going to go Hornsby for Frisch was that deal. Remember final question. Um, final answer and final question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. (laughs) Final question. Raleigh Fingers was moved twice within a week back in December 1980. What was his injury? Did he have a bad back? Week back? Did he have a week back? Oh, good. No. Twice within a week Week back? back. No. Oh! No. Oh, so what happened was he got traded to the Cardinals by the uh, San Diego Padres. That was a trade that sent Terry Kennedy. It was a seven-player trade. Uh, And we sent, like, John Urea and Kim Seaman and Kennedy and somebody else there, and we got back. Uh, Fingers uh, was, uh, I think Steve Mura might have been in that trade. We might have sent Lescano out there, too. I think we did. Uh, and then we got back Fingers, Mura, and, and somebody else. Uh, and then the next day, after Whitey Herzog asked Raleigh Fingers, he said uh, he had acquired Bruce Sutter from the Cubs in the Leon Durham trade. And he goes to Fingers and says, what happens if I need you to get a ground ball in the eighth and you're pitching the eighth and Suter is pitching the ninth? And Raleigh Fingers says, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd like that. So he moved Fingers, Vukovic, and Bruce uh, Fingers Vukovic and Ted Simmons to Milwaukee for David Green, Dave LaPointe, Larry Sorensen. And that's how we got Sixto Lescano. So uh, what was the question? Uh, you, you asked, well, well you I guess I'll, I'll, already. I'll, just, I'll ask you so I feel like <laughs> okay. I did something. Okay, Raleigh Fingers was moved twice within a week back in December 1980, finally ending up with the Brewers via the Cardinals. Which team started this saga? trading fingers to the Cardinals on December 8th. And oh, you that, answered that. That would have been the San Diego Padres, yes. There you go. <laughs> Very good, Brandon. Beautiful. Does Megamind's winning streak continue? <laughs> or does Mike take him down in today's fight? Ring that bell. <laughs> Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. <laughs> Just win, baby. I had something planned and I couldn't even get it out with a straight face. <laughs> what was it? Carrie was going to come across this table no. if I even tried to like play that one slow there. Yes. I'm sorry, Mike, on that one. Randy Carrick hit the Jackie took you down four to one in today's fight. That is all right. I hope everybody had fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We always have fun. Randy has fun. You sure. always win in life when you have perfect fun. Perfect response from Mike. Let's go through the questions <laughs> and answers. Phil Esposito was, in fact, the first player to ever score 70 goals in a season. It would be about a decade until Wayne Gretzky would come through and start doing it on the regular. Um, you know, On this day in 2007, the Rams retired number 28, Marshall Falk. And the only other greatest show on air at 
Detroiters show on turf era Ram to have their number retired by the franchise so far is number 80, Isaac Bruce. On this day in 1926, the Cardinals pulled off a rare feat, trading an MVP and future Hall of Famer in Rogers Hornsby for Frankie Frisch, who would go on and win an MVP for the Cardinals and go into the Hall of Fame. And Raleigh Fingers was moved twice within, I, I put, I wrote down originally Fortnite, but that technically I guess was wrong. It was like four days, mm-hmm. apparently. Somebody said they got finalized on the 20th. Oh, was, yeah. Know. Well, what happened finalized was. Finalized on the 20th. I hate so, that whole thing. Uh, Rick Hummel shows up at the meetings in Dallas, and Whitey Herzog runs into him in the lobby and says, where the hell you been? I got deals to make, because he knew he was going to make all these deals. And Jack McKeon was the general manager of the Padres at the time. They went and sat at the hotel bar, got drunk, and made the deal. And here's the deal. It was unbelievable. Terry Kennedy wound up being a catcher for a World, World Series team for the Padres. John Littlefield. This was The reason the Cardinals were bad in the 70s was because they had such a bad bullpen. And Whitey traded the whole bullpen. John Littlefield, <laughs> Al Olmsted, Kim Seaman, uh, and John Urea, along with Steve Swisher and Mike Phillips, for Bob Shirley and Gene Tennis and Raleigh Fingers. So uh, Steve Muir actually came the year before uh, in another deal. So technically the timeline was December 8th, the Padres trade fingers and that deal to the Cardinals. December 12th, the Cardinals and the Brewers swing that deal. December yeah. 20th, the deal is finalized officially by Major League Baseball. So across and 12 days, quite a lot of movement for the man with the mustache. And the, the Suter deal, I think, was the 9th or the 10th. God, so he gets crazy. fingers on the 8th, and then uh, December 9th, he, he gets Bruce Suter. So he acquires two Hall of Fame closers in two days. Well, the good thing is, is that fingers and, and Vukovic didn't really do much after they left the Cardinals. Mm. Um, no, uh, except Fingers won an MVP and a Cy Young, and uh, Vukovic won a Cy Young. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so not a great trade. So the Cardinals, uh, when they traded Bruce Suter, or for Bruce Suter from the Cubs, it's Leon Durham, who wound up being a really good player, and Ken Reitz, who uh, had his issues, the late mm-hmm. great Ken Reitz. And uh, I, I was kind of mad, because I loved the Zamboni machine, but uh, he was that was Ken Reitz. But wound up... Working out because the Cardinals won the 1982 World Series. Up and down Fortnite for the Cardinals on that one. Mike, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Thank you very much. Uh, So that's the fight on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head down to Florida where Jamie Rivers is standing by. The Blues will take on the Panthers tomorrow. And Rivers will join us next here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Brooke, Carrie, and Randy, and we go to the celebrity line, and our friend, our colleague here at 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers, co-host of the Fast Lane, joins us. He, of course, is the analyst for the Blues on Bally Sports, and he's in Florida right now. Rivs, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? We're doing outstanding. After that 6-1 loss to Tampa Bay last night, what was your main takeaway from last night's loss? Uh, well, I think uh, my main takeaway is there's still work to do. Um, you know, I, it's nice to get the new coach bump when they come in, and the team played very well for those two home games. But the reality of the situation is that you're still a team that is inconsistent. You're still a team that's looking to find their game overall. And when you get up against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, sometimes it's very sobering to find out, you know, maybe how much work you have left to do. And some of that was self-inflicted last night. You know, and you look at the records – 
The Tampa Bay Lightning are right in and around 500, just like the Blues. But when you look at the roster and you see some of the guys that they have on their rosters, and in particular a guy named Nikita Kucherov, Randy, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a pretty good hockey player. I, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's a difference maker. But you just realize if you're Drew Bannister, if you're Doug Armstrong, and even if you're the veteran group on this team, you're like, okay, we've got work to do. We can play against teams like this, but we can't turn the puck over. We can't give away the middle of the ice. We can't make it easy on these teams. Or those are nights where you're just not going to be competitive. Jamie, you've been on teams that that were had up and down seasons like this. How do you or are you able to? Because I, I mean, I've been in locker rooms. I've been on teams where there aren't enough team player led meetings to have to get it going correct. How do they get this correct if that's even an option? You know, Terry, the player meetings, as you know, like they expire after a certain time during the season. <laughs> yes. They just do. Like, we don't need to do this again. <laughs> like, right? Like you get in the locker room, like close the door, trainers out, no coaches. Oh, I mean, come on. Like this is like seven this year. You know, like they expire at some point. And so I just look at it as I think the leadership group in the room, you just got to be honest with yourself. I played on some teams that were average. You got to recognize that your team's average, and when it when it is that way, then you absolutely, as a team, must gear up for the winnable games. The games where you're even or better than the team in the league or close to it, you have to win those games, and then you you have to punch up a couple times a year against teams that are better than you, get the win, and that's how you sneak into a playoff run is by beating the teams that you can beat beating the teams that are par with you, and then punching up a few times throughout the season to put together some three- or four-game win streaks, that's how you do it. Jamie, interim head coach Drew Bannister, we kind of saw that he sent a message to the players, and he did say that 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 was something that he was going to do is take away ice time from guys. Bucinavich was benched for the final 12 and a half minutes in the game after taking three penalties last night. How do you think that that message was received? Wow, uh, tough call. Tough call, Brooke, because, look, this is a young coach. I don't mean young as far as his age. A newer coach. It's his first time in the NHL. He's been put into a situation where the president and general manager has said that this team needs to be held accountable. And, you know, this goes back to my original comment the day Craig Berube was fired, was if Craig Berube can't get accountability out of people with the resume that he has and the personality that he has, you know, how are you going to rely upon – maybe a younger coach, a newer coach, rather, again, to, to do that. And we'll see how this works out. You know, Pavel Buchnevich is a very beloved player on this Blues team, but he's also a very competitive guy, and he's also a very intelligent player. And if he knows now, or if Drew Bannister had a discussion with him following the game last night and said, listen, man, I'm not really mad at you. Three penalties was a lot, but we have to get every other guy in this room to buy into this. And if it takes me benching you to get the attention of four or five other guys, then this is a sacrifice we both have to make. And, Kerry, you know, sometimes those discussions happen between coaches and players where it's the wink, wink, Mm -hmm. you're going to be benched, but it's for a greater cause. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Jamie, I want to shift gears a little bit because the game a few nights ago there featured an e-bug, and I want to know what the qualifications are, and, and is it too late for me? Uh, Carrie, a couple things, okay? Uh, one, you just have to be willing to be hit by the puck. Okay, I'm uh, like do that. Penalty, 
and like it. So okay. it should be fine for you. Okay. I feel like you're a guy that likes to get hit. Uh, yeah. so, you know, I like to um, hit too, but I don't mind getting hit. Yeah, no, I talked to several guys around the NFL and said, dude, you're a very hittable player. I don't know what they meant by that. But, <laughs> 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 that was good. Uh, how's your skating these days? Uh, not great, but, I, you know, I, I don't skate particularly well or at all. But I, I think, yeah. you know, I can just be big in net, right? Can I Can I make that uh, happen? No, that's well, not that's not good enough. You could try, but um, yeah. yeah. You know what, Carrie? You know what we'll do one day, Carrie? We'll get out on the ice. We'll get you some pads. Okay. I'll fire some pucks at you. You can see if you like it. Or Let's not. do it. I'm with that. Now nah, I'm all for it. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> hey, Ribs. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Coach Drew Bannister probably told Butchnevich, "I'm not mad at you." Uh, Carrie and I have an all-time favorite coach. His name is Rick Venturi, who's now the analyst for the Indianapolis Colts. He was a linebackers coach here and bounced around the league for a long time as a coach. And one of his stock lines for players was when they screwed up, he said, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the guy who brought you here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That always feels good. Yeah. So, uh, all right. You know, I'm a fun fact guy. The Blues are on pace for 24 power play goals this season. The, the entire Blues team on pace for 24 power play goals this season. Brett Hall, as a member of the Blues, had seasons of 27, 29, 29, and 25. Yeah, that doesn't sound great when you word it like that, Randy. No, with one one guy, maybe the greatest pure goal scorer of all time, but when one guy has more power play goals than an entire team is on pace for, no, it's not a great stat. No, I will say this. The power play here has got goals in two straight games, which I know that's not like, hey, let's order the rings here. But <laughs> it is something to – you got to build off of something. You have to start somewhere, and I think that – you know, Brad Richards, the power play consultant, he was in the building last night. He was at practice yesterday. He'll be at practice today. He's here with the team for the next couple of days. I'm not saying he's a miracle worker because it just doesn't work that way. But hopefully they start pushing things in the right direction. One thing I do like, specifically out of the second power play unit, by the way, the second power play unit has both goals in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Just If you're keeping track of that on your scorecard at home. Um, and they shoot the puck. It's a crazy, it's a crazy what thing, Andy. What that when you shoot the puck, it can go in. It's kind of what you have to do at some point, right? No. Yeah, at some point somebody has to shoot the puck into the net, so it helps when you shoot. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I hate the fact that Matthew Kachuk isn't here, but I love watching him play. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night because he's, to me, he's one of the most fun players to watch play in the NHL. Oh yeah, both Kachuk brothers yeah. are a riot to watch for different reasons, but. Yeah, Matthew is, is so skilled, so talented. He's such a competitor. I mean, he's going to drive us nuts tomorrow night watching him play because one, we'll always, we'll always think we had a chance of getting him. And then two, you know, he's the hometown boy and we've watched him grow up through the years and become what he is you know, today. So it's great to see him play. I wish he was wearing a blue note, but, you know, he's not. And either way, uh, it's always fun to be around the Kachuk boys. Absolutely. Rivs, have a great time down there in Florida and have a wonderful holiday season, you and your family, and uh, have a great Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Randy, uh, I appreciate that. I'm staring out at the beach right now. It's oh, about 100 yards from me. Yeah. and I think I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get a coffee and just walk down the beach with my feet in the sand for a while, Randy. But, hey, you go have a great holiday, too. <laughs> can, you, can, you do us, can you do us a favor? It's cloudy and 37 here. Can you just send me a picture of that? Oh, absolutely, Randy. I'll take care of you. (laughs) You're the man. Have a great time. We'll see you later, brother.
Later, guys. Take care. That's uh, Jamie Rivers, our colleague and co-host of The Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. And, of course, he and John Kelly bring you Blues games on Bally Sports. Coming up, it is the opening drive's Christmas movie draft. And Brooke is fired up. She's got the first pick coming your way next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. the holiday season. We love the holiday season here in the opening drive on 101 ESPN and we love our Christmas movies. So, we've determined that with Christmas upon us, we're going to provide you with our favorite Christmas movies with the official first 101 ESPN opening drive Christmas movie draft. And Brooke has the first selection and the the draft order is Brooke, Carrie, Randy, Matthew, correct? Yes. And it's going to be a snake draft, which is good. So Brooke will get picks one and eight, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Okay, so uh, with the first pick in the opening drives 2023 Christmas movie draft, Brooke Grimsley is on the clock. Well, one, I'm very honored to be the first picked in this year's <laughs> <laughs> holiday movie draft. Thank goodness. You were really mad. Like she was very upset. No, guys. She's it's just com- that so competitive. I, I'm very competitive. And so we made sure to make this as fair as possible. Yes. We did <laughs> rock, paper, scissors <laughs> to determine who would pull out of the hat the numbers. And I just happened to draw first. The, the, so. the luck of the draft. Yeah. Luck of the lottery. So I am going to go with... An all-time classic, one that so many lines have come out of and is always fun. I feel like everybody knows this. It's iconic. I'm going with Home Alone. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I'm, sh- I'm shocked. I am too, but I'm thankful. I, I am thankful. I I, well, I had one or two. I, I'm, I'm good with that. My my big board is... I, 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 the pick is in. <laughs> <laughs> so... Brooke is going home alone. We said all franchise, all three yeah. of the home alones going to that. Right. The best Christmas movie of all time actually has the name in the movie, and it is a Christmas story. Mm. So okay. that's your choice? That's my choice. I all like right. this a lot. Okay, good. Randy's right. playing mind games. Uh, no, I just have to write it down. <laughs> uh, the, the best Christmas movie of all time is still on the board, fortunately. With the third selection in the 2023 opening drive Christmas draft. Oh, not yet. Okay. Not yet, Matthew. Uh, Character selects Elf. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I love that. Elf is great. Don't chew that gum. Much like Carrie here at the back of the first round, I have to take a movie that has the word Christmas in it. I'm going to go with my second favorite Christmas movie and the best Christmas movie of all time, Bing Crosby and White Christmas. Okay, good. Are you 80? 
Oh, sorry, that was all loud. I'm sorry. No, no. The, thing, the thing about classics is they last forever. Oh, that's true. That's the okay, here's the thing about uh, that I love. Two things I love about White Christmas. Number one, everybody's got an angle. Everybody's got an angle. And then the other one is, want a Braunschweiger sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> and a warm glass of milk. Yep. Uh, exactly what you want when your stomach's upset at 12 o'clock at night. Um, that ta- movie taught me at six years old, everyone has an angle. And I've never everybody's forgotten got that. An angle. Yep. And since Randy took my pick... In the first round, I'm opening up the second round with something controversial. Of course. course. But you guys know, the holidays are about growth. It's about seeing the people around you and saying, you know what? We're a family. And you know what? You guys taught me something. So to open up the second round, my choice is Die Hard. Thank you very much. How do you go from White Christmas to Die Hard? I'm okay. It's called being a well-rounded human being. That's a great pick. And by the way, I'm wearing my Nakatomi uh, Christmas party (laughs) hoodie today. So I obviously, uh, I have an affinity for Die Hard. But I'm okay with Die Hard not being there because I am going to go with another all-time great. Tim Allen is a great Christmas movie guy. And I've got to go with the Santa Claus. Love the Santa okay. Claus. Okay. Okay. Great choice. All right. All right so, uh, CD, you're up. Am I up already? Yes. Oh, uh-huh. Shoot. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't ready. All right. Okay. Now. Gotta oh, you got to be ready at all times, CD. I guess you know. I, I think we we. we we're going to go with Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, that's a really good one. Thank good you for choice. doing that. Obviously the old school one, not, yeah, the, that, not, the, not right. the 94 one, yes, right? Yes, okay, yes, good. yes, yes. That's good. I like that a lot. I'm excited. Oh, because you've got uh, back-to-backers, Brooke. Here you go. <laughs> Books on the hot court. And... Oh, I'm ready to. I'm firing. John Moran style. For Tim oh, Greeper, we select Christmas Vacation. Nice. Nice, nice choice. Nice. That was my Good next, uh, on my big board, that yep. was my next well, one. sorry about it. <laughs> Christmas no, Vacation. No <laughs> and for my next pick, I'm already ready. Rock. Oh, you ready sorry, to rock bad. and roll? Yeah, the Grinch. Oh, oh. The, are you going with the uh, Disney? Is, the, is this the Jim Carrey version? I'm doing Jim Carrey version. So how the Grinch? It's all sketch. of the yeah. yeah. Okay, Grinch. Okay, good. You know what? And and so, you know, because Christmas is a time about family and mine. children <laughs> and making sure that we are all one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick. The Polar Express. Oh, oh, nice pick. Okay, okay. Well, Uncanny Valley kind of freaks me out on that one, though. Yeah, it's, I don't. Do the they animation even, gets a little. That's that's very new for the yeah. uncanny, uncanny Valley thing. It's a, it's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it does kind of freak you out. Randy. All right, uh, I I am ready. And I know it's going to sound weird coming from me. Don't do this. Okay. But okay. I am going to select with uh, my. Third round selection, Love Actually. Oh, get, go, oh. Ahead, go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take it. Okay. Uh, just terrible people being terrible to each other. <laughs> Gotta be movie. kidding. You just, I'm just like to call to people terrible. To my best friend's girl, I'm going to stand out there and tell her I, I'm in love with her. My best friend's girl. Oh, my God. best friend's girl. Sickening. Girl. And she used to be mine. I mean, it's based on a song. Um, my uh, hot corner picks are easy here. Right here in the third round to end it out. I mean, the, guys, we got Charles Dickens to tell us the actual story live during the movie. Muppet Christmas Carol is easily my pick to end the third round. Okay. Never saw it. 
You never seen Muppet Christmas Carol? Me neither. Oh, you guys got to watch it. It's the Muppet best. It's the best way to Christmas see. Carol. It's the best. It's the best Muppet movie ever, and it's the best version of the Christmas Carol ever. Okay, good, good. All wrapped up it. in one. Glad you and it. I'm gonna go into the classics, the the oh. stop motion animation ones. I think those ones have to get oh, cracked open and taken. And I think I'm gonna take the most classic one of those, and I'm gonna go with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh, that's no. good. That's good. That was a good one. That one. That's that's really good. What kind of elf wants to be a dentist? Hermie. Have some ambition. Hmm. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> he said I'm cute. Silver said I'm cute. and gold. Uh, Silver and gold. Yeah, I, I like that one. That's, All right, that's Randy, you're up. All right, oh, I'm going to go. Uh, should I go classic or funny? I think I'm going to go classic. I'm going to go with uh, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> oh, oh, get rid of it. Don't, you take it. Two of my le- you took my two least favorite Christmas movies of all time. You don't uh, like It's a Wonderful Life? I think it's terrible. Okay. Well, Alrighty then. I got I got a couple on my board that one is uh you know it, it's intriguing because okay. I don't think it'll be it's 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 a Christmas movie but it's an adult Christmas mm. movie. Oh, I know it's what taking. Oh, bad Santa. Bad Santa. Bad Santa. Good one. Bad Santa yep. is that was a next good on my one. list. And the mom from Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I'm all about that action. Yes, indeed. So you are complaining about terrible people. (laughs) That that movie breaks your heart if you watch it. He's so mean to that little kid, and that kid is so dumb and sweet. You're upset about Love Actually, but you're fine with Bad Santa. (laughs) Yes, because Love Actually tells you that these people are good, even though they're horrible. Bad Santa's honest with me. Uh, They know they're bad people. Okay, okay, Brooke gets back to backers here. Oh, man. Oh no! Oh, I, I feel stuck. like I feel like I'm in a tough position. She's stuck. Um. Okay. Do I do classic? I've been kind of doing fun, right? So I feel like I should put like one child-friendly movie. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, uh, Charlie Brown enough. Christmas. There it is. Okay. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Just so we one. can round this out. So while the parents are watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um. She's scrambling. No, she's not. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking. I am thinking. This is this is very important. I'm gonna go with Scrooge. Oh! Brooke, that was gonna be my last pick. Scrooge is great. Scrooge. Bill Murray. Okay, Bill Murray with the, <sighs> with the Christmas Carol right now. All right. All right. I'm at peace. That's no, a nice pick. That's a good pick. Peace. Last. Okay, CD, go. your last one. <laughs> ready for it. Best Man Holiday. Yep. yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. That was on my board. Hang around. That's why that be known. Yeah, hang around for a while. <laughs> I still have a lot on my big board here. Okay. Some good ones. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, where's our show? Where are we? Where? What's uh, oh, yeah. 902 and... Meet me in St. Louis. Dang it. Okay. Uh, meet me in St. Louis oh. is going to be my... Final pick. I had that circled as my fifth rounder the entire draft. I'm like, no one's taking it. I'm slipping in here. I'm taking the cheap pop at the end. Dang it, Randy. Well, then, if Randy's going to take that. You still have Christmas with the Cranks and another Tim Allen there. No, I'm, I'm going to go with a little bit more modern. This one has a special place in the hearts of everyone around my age. Not completely a Christmas movie, but it's it's, it's in the name, so I'm, I'm going with it. It's a Christmas movie. I'm going with Tim Burton's classic. Nightmare Before Christmas. Good. Oh, good that is a good one. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Hmm. And uh, that wraps her up. We're missing. Uh, the, we we missed a, uh, a rom com, The Holiday. Yes. Uh, and we mm-hmm. also missed. And uh, I got a rom com. Ninety percent of the people 
that know me know that I love the uh, the song. He's Mr. Green Christmas. He's Mr. Sun. Do, 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 do. He's Mr. Heat Blister. He's Mr. 101. Do, do, do. Friends come. Uh, it's uh, the year without a Santa Claus, and nobody took that. But that was it was on my big board, but then uh, some, some people went off of my board to uh, go with their own choices. I had that one, and I had the other one that's in the same... Um, which in, in the same family of the animation, which is Santa Claus is coming to town, Damn, which is the yeah, exact same like yep, same everything. Yep. Okay. Well so Brooke has Home Alone, Christmas Vacation, The Grinch, and that is the Jim Carrey version. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. That's how teachers sounded to me. Teachers sounded to me in high school. That's how teachers sounded. And then Scrooged. Nice, nice picks. Thank you. Uh, By the way, and I also get all those franchises. So you guys know how many Christmas yep. <laughs> vacations and Home Alones yeah. there are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. CD took Christmas Story, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, The Polar Express, Bad Santa, great lit, late pick, and Best mm-hmm. Man Holiday. Yes. Uh, Randy took Elf, which uh, in and of itself gives me the victory. The Santa Claus, <laughs> which is great. Love Actually, I had to go with the rom com. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, the classic of all classics, and Meet Me in St. Louis, which is about St. Louis, right? And then Rocchio, uh, he had the last pick in the first round. He goes with White Christmas, strong pick. Die Hard, great choice. Uh, and then Muppet Christmas Carol, never seen it. Rudolph, okay, good. I, I like Yukon Cornelius. Uh, by the way, <laughs> in, in, if you've ever watched, have you ever paid attention to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah. Did you have any idea what a Richard Santa Claus is? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's kind of He's a like jerk. abusive jerk. Yeah, yeah. A bad guy. Uh, Just a, Santa was a bad guy in that. And then uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas is Rocchio's last pick. We'll put these up on the old Twitter machine, and we'll have a vote. And we want you to react coming up at uh, 9.30 to our movie draft. So you can send us a mic drop now. Tell us who you think got the best draft, who you think got the worst draft. If you want to rip somebody to shreds, feel free with the mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. And uh, we'll take texts then as well. Next up, though, we've got our Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Nine oh nine in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Blues fall to Tampa Bay last night by a score of six to one. Nikita Kucherov, as Jamie Rivers mentioned, as it turns out, is pretty good. A couple of goals for Tampa and the Blues. Two-game winning streak is snapped at the hands of the Lightning. The Blues will take on the Florida Panthers tomorrow night in Sunrise, Florida, and you'll be able to hear that game here on one hundred one ESPN five o'clock pregame. Uh, 6 o'clock face-off, Matthew Kachuk and the Eastern Conference champion, defending Eastern Conference champion, Panthers against your St. Louis Blues. Uh, last night, Colton Pareko and his mates were down 3 nothing early in the first period. They had three there in the first. Uh, they came out had a good start, obviously. Um, yeah, obviously when you kind of give up that many in the first, it's kind of one of the games where you try to come back and, and push, and obviously uh, it's tough to come back, obviously, from three, so, um, yeah. That's uh, Colton Preco. Obviously. obviously. Uh, <laughs> That's what you were yeah, down here. One, one here again? Yes, Can we please. play that again? Love the guy. They got three there in the first. Uh, they came out, had a good start, obviously. Um, yeah, obviously, when you kind of give up that many in the first, it's 
come with the games we try to come back and, and push and obviously uh, it's tough to come back obviously from three so um, yeah yeah there you go well obviously yeah obviously. we all saw it we were all watching it was pretty obvious it was <laughs> pretty evident <laughs> he's not wrong about that he's whatsoever no no uh, football we have a great week and a long week of football because we have three Monday games, but everything gets underway tomorrow night with the Saints and the L.A. Rams at SoFi Stadium. One of the interesting stories of this season has been the rapid recovery of Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the New York Jets, who is going to be cleared to play physically, but is not going to play because, as he says, uh, he's not quite 100%. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but the fact is, I'm not. I've been working hard to uh, to get closer to that. But I'm still, you know, 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery, and uh, you know, being medically cleared uh, as 100% uh, healed is just uh, not realistic at uh, at 14 weeks. He told Pat McAfee that he plans to play in 2024 and 2025. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's a, a, a great thing. I think he's given that organization hopefully some stability if he's able to come back and play at a high level next year. I, I do want to say this, though, because I've heard people say that he's selfish and he's all about him. Working hard to get healthy is not easy. It is a difficult task to go through all of the the doubts, the worries, the fears, the pain, um, and for him to come back and be healthy enough in this amount of time, it speaks volumes to his work ethic and what he does. And I don't think that that's being about him. I think a guy that does all of that is obviously it's for him, but also for his teammates and to show the guys in that locker room, hey, we can put our minds to it. We can do a lot of things, so let's get it done. And hopefully he's uh, he's able to help that organization solidify, you know, just kind of stabilize themselves for 2024, because this was a really rough year for the Jets. Yeah, 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 very much so. It's just, it's been bad. I was saying that it's the best or worst soap opera that you've seen in the NFL Mm -hmm. this season, and it's been a very weird year for the NFL. I think it's the smartest decision. There's no reason to push it or rush him back, and he'll be ready to go moving forward. Now, what the coaching staff will look like around him, that can look completely different, or does it stay the same? I have no clue what they're going to do with Robert Sala. I don't I don't know that he deserves to be fired. I mean, you've had all of these issues at quarterback. Uh, but then, like I said, the, the coach of the year might be Kevin Stefanski, who has had four quarterbacks mm-hmm. this year. So who knows? I mean, it's it's a difficult task to, to figure out. But I would I would probably give Robert Sala one more year. That defense is is still playing at an elite level. You're just going to have to figure out the offensive coordinator and figure out the uh, get the quarterback healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of notes on National Signing Day for MIZZOU. They have signed the top offensive tackle in junior college football uh, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Javen Richardson <laughs> is now a member of the Tigers. And, of course, he joins Caden uh, Green, who signed up yesterday after departing from Oklahoma. And Mizzou, by all accounts, having a really solid national letter of intent day. So, uh, go Tigers. Yes, crazy. Right now on the 24-7 rankings for this class, Mizzou is 23rd nationally. Do you guys want to guess where that puts them in the SEC? 13th. 11th. 11th. (laughs) And that's including including Texas and Oklahoma, but still, (laughs) you are 23rd nationally, you're 11th. And do you know why that ranking is just so crazy? Carrie, do you know why that ranking is so crazy? It just means more. Oh, Oh, yeah. 
that weren't good enough. And, um, you know, we're, we're confident in the response. And I know Bucci will be great next game. So, um, yeah, it kind of just is what it is. And um, you got to be ready to go. Hey, Robert, that's it's such an interesting word in accountability and an interesting dynamic because we sit here as – just fans. And you guys play a difficult schedule. You play a, a really violent game at times. And sometimes we can't figure out, okay, why isn't the same type of effort exhibited every single night? And I know you see it. Can you explain what happens? Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's travel and, and different things. Uh, I mean, with, with 82 games, you're not going to feel great every, every game. And, uh, you know, there's also the league this year is so so cohesive. Like, you know, you're looking at teams that are are beating other teams. Um, you know, anyone can win on any night, and there, there's field of the game, there's floor of the game, and you know, when those things are against you, it's it's really hard to get going. And um, you know, these aren't excuses. It's just you know part of the the process and 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 how we feel and think out there. And um, you know, there's there's certain ways to kind of gain that momentum and stuff. And, I think that's the part that, that we're lacking when we're, when we're not feeling the best uh, as a team. Robert, you talked about the, the mental grind, the travel. When you get a day off like today, what does that consist of? Is it more taking care of your body or, or more taking care of your mental and just getting away from it all? Yeah, yeah, we got practice in a little, so um, you know that'll be a good time to regroup and then kind of just away from that. Yeah, it's, a, it's about you know, resetting your mind, um, getting away from the game a little bit and, and kind of just uh, enjoying yourself for a little bit, and um, and then when you you wake up tomorrow morning, you got to be ready to go for uh, for the game. When you're not playing, when you have a night off, do you sit down and watch other teams play? Do you watch other games? Uh, for me personally, yeah, okay. uh, I'm always watching hockey. <laughs> um, I'll probably watch you know at least two games a night if there if there is that. Um, I I just enjoy it as a fan, and um, you know whether I got buddies playing and stuff, that's just a bonus, but. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just a hockey fan, so I love watching. But you're playing in a place where one of your buddy plays, and he happens to have a, a beachfront house. Will you connect with Matthew Kachuk at all today? Uh, yeah, I'll connect with him at some point. Um, I'm sure. Um, yeah, he uh, he's got a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> he has a nice place. <laughs> well, Robert, we just had our Christmas movie draft, and so we have to figure out from you what do you think is the best Christmas movie of all time? Ah, uh, uh, I'm a big Home Alone guy. Yes, that's what I took <laughs> in the first round. Oh, oh. God. I, so I win, I'm, right? I'm on drink with someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we it was it was very tumultuous and tough. So I think that was a good okay. one. So and yeah, I got that's, I got that's Elf with favorite. the third pick though. Not too bad. Not too yeah. bad. Not home alone, but yeah. <laughs> now, Robert, you might be a little too young, but I, I, a Christmas story is the greatest. You know, you got all the quotes. You'll shoot your eye out. You got the kid sticking his tongue to the pole in the wintertime. You got the, the lamp leg. Like, I, that, that, to me, is the ultimate Christmas movie. So so we all got to come on here and defend our selections. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you're, you're new to the show, clearly. So, this is what we do. Well, let's, go, let's go back to your number one, though, Robert, because you got to have a favorite scene from Home Alone. For me, it's uh, Harry... Harry walking up the steps with the nails. Okay. Yeah, there, there's so many. I think the, the paint can just going down the stairs. Yes, yes. Um, I, I just, it's a great movie. And the doorknob is spectacular. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're they're just endless ones. They're, they're great to do. Everything's good. Yeah, basically we just want to put you on the spot and defend our, our picks yeah. and tell us that we were the best. We each yeah. each individual person. Very competitive here. Uh, we we like to compete with each other. Well, uh, you have a great day there, and uh, so are you going to have your family in for Christmas? Uh, yeah, everyone's coming in uh, the 22nd. I got way too many people coming, and, uh, you know, it's the best time of the year, so I'm, I'm super excited and um, first time hosting, so got some big expectations to live up to. Good. We're excited for you. Have a, a great game tomorrow, and then uh, the game before Christmas, and then a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Robert? Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Same to you. Take care. That's uh, Robert Thomas, Blues Center, here on 101 ESPN. You heard it here first, Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. Best movie. So, and Matthew Kachuk, yeah, he's got a nice place. He's got a nice place. <laughs> it's on the beach. It's on the know. beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get with him later on. Later on, we're going to hang out. All right. I know it. Uh, coming up, we did have the movie draft earlier, and I'm going to run down the, uh, the picks. These are the drafts, and you can respond with either a mic drop with the 101 ESPN app, or you could via the text line. Brooke had the first overall pick, draft. Her team is Home Alone, Christmas Vacation, The Grinch, and that's the Jim Carrey Grinch, Charlie Brown Christmas, and Scrooged with Bill Murray. So a little Saturday Night Live flavor here, too, Mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, Carrey had the second pick. He took A Christmas Story with his first rounder, then The Old Miracle on 34th Street, the 1947 version. The Polar Express was Carrey's third rounder. His fourth was Bad Santa with Cardinal fan Billy Bob Thornton, and then uh, Best Man Holiday was Carrey's fifth uh, round pick. I took with... The third pick in the draft, Elf, with Will Ferrell. I took the Santa Claus with my second pick. Love actually was third, which I have to defend because people don't understand that it took place like during the Christmas holiday and it culminated at Christmas time. It was it was all leading to Christmas. It's a Wonderful Life was my fourth rounder, and my last pick, being here in St. Louis, was Meet Me in St. Louis. And then Rocchio took White Christmas with his first rounder. Good pick. Die Hard, I thought would be there for me in the second round. It wasn't. So he got Die Hard. Great choice in the second round. Then he took The Muppet Christmas Carol third. Haven't seen it. He took Rudolph fourth, where Santa was a jerk. And then he took The Nightmare Before Christmas with uh, Rocchio's fifth rounder. So there you have the teams. We want you to weigh in with your responses. Do we have it up on the Twitter machine yet, Matthew? It's up. Oh, it's up. Okay, and I will retweet, and we will have the vote. But we want to hear from you. Next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. draft and we got the smartest text from 314. Randy wins and it's not even close. Wait, he could win with just Elf and no. the Santa Claus, but oh. then you throw in Love Actually and it was just a slam dunk. Plus, meet me in St. Louis, I mean game over. Did you send that in? Can I see uh, your phone, sir? Yeah, did you text Randy. that in? I did not send that in. <laughs> how, many, how many did you have to sift, to, uh, sift through a Brooke wins <laughs> to get to it, that it one? right at the very top. Well, There's oh, one no, at the top no, right no. now that says carries first, so that's mm. all that we are going to go with. Kind of uh, convenient you matters. left the room. The, the, and then the vote is Available, yeah. you know? is available to you on the Twitter machine. If you just uh, go to any of our... Carrie, have you retweeted? you got to retweet this. Oh, I have uh, not. I have, uh, I have, Rock I ESPN, R-O-C-C, Rock ESPN, at Brooke Grimsley, at Randy Carricker, and you can vote right now on our 
draft. And at the moment, Brooke has a pretty commanding lead, 64.3% of the 70 votes. I'm in at 25.7%. CD is in at 2.9%. Uh, that kind of trails. Going uh, and Rocky has 7.1%. What do you mean, what's going on? How do I get... Man, the cream listen. rises to the top. No, 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 don't we talk I about that all the time? Brooke cheated. Disagree. How did I cheat? Oh, oh, what? I'm not sure how, but much like your accusations of when I of of me I'm just going to blanket say that I think Brooke cheated and <laughs> no. we should we should erase all these results because there's no way this could happen now I'm quoting Brooke from the last draft there's no way this could happen unless you cheated yeah. Mm, no, ridiculous. from Here's the three one four, Brooke by a landslide. Thank you. Mm, there, mm, there's mm. so many of those too, Randy. I know it was really hard to pick and choose. How do you which generate one that many those? fake numbers to, t- to text from? That, that how is Google how voice? Is it? That's, that's how many impressive. Google? How many? How, how, how is this possible? <laughs> what are you doing, man? I'm just over here like typing away <laughs> feverishly. No, it's how is it cheating when I in the second round Christmas vacation? I thought that that was a huge steal and that somebody would get that in the first. That was round. a good get. No, that was a really good get in the second round. Yes. Yeah. What what movie did you hate before that that uh, should have replaced that it should have replaced? I mean, do you hate Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street where the little girl says, "I believe"? No. I mean, do do you hate the Santa Claus that much? You hate the little no. boy who's dead no. becomes Santa. No. Okay. Die Hard. I mean, how, uh, look at the t- the hoodie I'm wearing. There you go. I'm a Die Hard devotee. I love oh, it. Oh man. The greatest Christmas movie of all time. I just didn't think that Rocky would take it because he'd said yesterday it wasn't he a Christmas literally movie. Said yeah. yesterday In fairness, you also argued it's a wonderful life, it's not a Christmas movie, and then you took that. Well, I, the only reason I <laughs> argued that is because of your stupid argument. <laughs> I don't know why you have to, I don't know why you have to come after my argument. It's pretty solid. Uh, uh, no reason to call it stupid. Uh, I'm rocking with Megamind on Elf Alone. That's from the six three six. Thank you very much. Uh, no frosty, huh? Yeah, no, no frosty. No frosty. I didn't even we, think. About I didn't that. get to. Uh, I wanted. I, I wanted jingle all the way. I didn't mm-hmm. get to. And, and think just Arnold Schwarzenegger driving through, you know, the streets. <laughs> oh yeah. searching for toys and fighting with Sinbad. I, I, I mean, what are we doing? That's good stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Right? From, from the three one four, watching you guys on YouTube every day, and you guys have way too much fun. I love watching how Brooke always has a smile on her face, except when she's intense. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you very much from Merry the three one four. Appreciate that. I, I'm very serious about these competitions. I, I, I'm, no. getting, I'm getting a lot of uh, second place, but you all aren't voting because I'm in dead last. So <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. They uh, need to go out and vote for that. I think that Elf. I, I will say I'm very jealous. I wanted Elf. Elf is one of my favorite. Christmas movies, and I was considering doing that, but Home Alone. I'll trade is you. Just so good. I, when you were leading up to it, I thought you were going to take Elf. I know. You kind of I wanted to. I remember it came out, I think I was, uh, what year did that come out? I just remember being in school and we tried the spaghetti. Remember that Uh he did? With syrup? With syrup. Yeah, we tried that at school and it was absolutely disgusting. (laughs) Don't do it. Please don't. Okay. Try not to. Does it have uh, sugar? It does. Then yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not the good time. Not the, uh, it's not not the combo thing. that you would think that or hope it would be at least. But Randy, you also got some text in with people who didn't like your Love Actually choice. Yeah, so maybe go they didn't it. watch the whole movie because <laughs> the movie is like about the Christmas season, the entire Christmas, the month of December between Thanksgiving here in America. Actually, when KZK starts playing Christmas music, right? It's about the Christmas season and culminates at Christmas time. I don't see how anybody could not see it as a Christmas movie. And the actual description of the movie by the producers talks about how it's about the Christmas season. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how anybody could argue that. 
You see, and yesterday I tried to put a little feeler out with you guys and with the listeners because personally I do love watching the Harry Potter franchise during the Christmas season. And so I kind of did, you know how teams, Major League Baseball teams, will put out a little feeler of a trade rumor (laughs) or even a coach hire in college football. I kind of did that yesterday and I saw that it was not a good response and that's why I avoided it. But personally, I love watching Harry Potter movies and there's a lot of Christmas stuff in the movies. Joe Vitale. Their family watches The Godfather at Christmas every year. Oh. So it, and says it's a Christmas movie. It's not, right? it's, not a Christmas, it's not a Christmas It's not a Christmas movie. I, I love The Godfather. I watch it at least once a year. It's not a Christmas movie. How yeah. are you all not just, I mean, come on, man. A Christmas Story is the ultimate hate that movie. Christmas movie. You hate it? With every fiber yeah, of my being. kid's getting bullied. He's getting oh, chased God. home by movie. the redhead kid. He wants to buy the gun. The He's going to shoot his eye out. Why is it always the genders? <laughs> yeah, really. Here's yeah. an interesting thing from the BBC. It's uh, about love, actually. And it says it's a movie that some people love to hate. I wonder why that is. I, I guess some people are just, they have hate in their being you hate it, Rock? Oh uh, yeah, it's because I love. You have, you have hate, <laughs> no, it's because you have you have inherent hate in your bones. No, I love love. Yeah, hate in your heart, let it. Out. I love love, and at the end of that movie, the most disgusting and treacherous scene in in modern movies when it comes to somebody's love life happens when he stands on his best friend's porch and tries to snake his best friend's wife. On Christmas, but it's romantic. No, it's that. Uh, it's here's romantic. the problem. The problem love is actual. Don't let, don't let your husband get in the way of your boyfriend. This is the problem. Is that people say that's romantic when it's monstrous? <laughs> don't let your husband get. Don't let your boyfriend get in the way. That's just the theme of the movie, right? Isn't that what happens? Terrible theme. But if but when it's in a movie form, it's cute and it's romantic, right? Thank you. And commercials. I mean, they make commercials from that. Scene, haven't they? Yes. People use it. And just, no, as you say, Randy, though, they completely ignore the nuance and the context of him snaking the best friend's girl. It's monstrous. Mm. Oh, come on. It's just, I mean, it's it's love, okay? It, it, it's based off a true story. Yep. And how about the uh, the, the kids suck. play where saying, the prime minister like, is? Isn't that yes, right? like, wait a minute. It happens every day. So anyway, love actually is on my list, and uh, we're going to check the vote right now. Uh, and let me refresh I'm, I'm your, disappointed yours. in this vote. Well, I'm still. I uh, don't like a draft better. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, Brooke with 68. And I admit it, Brooke had a really good draft, especially with the number one pick to come back at come number on. eight and have the draft that you had. Was really what do you mean, good. come on, CD? This come is, on. Here's so, the thing. I Home said, Alone is great. Home Alone is a top five all time. Christmas Vacation, top six all time. Yeah. The Grinch is very strong. Charlie Brown Christmas, eh. Uh, and then Scrooge was <laughs> What's a great Charlie last Charlie year. Brown? <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah. like when they dance. And then you know, why, why you know the little dance stupid tree. Yes. Oh wow! So you're you're gonna side with the kids against Charlie? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is a that's I've never seen somebody be like, yeah, you're right. The kids were right to bully Charlie. Yeah. That's a wild take to take it from Charlie Brown Christmas. But I do agree with the texture that said Elf is a winner in and of itself. But then the Santa Claus, highly underrated. Tim Allen does a great job with uh, with Christmas movies. Love Actually was good. Uh, see, people aren't given enough credit to It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey, and the message sent in that movie that you can have a wonderful life. You might not get everything that you want. You might not get the millions of dollars. You might not wind up in the big city. But at the end of the day, the richest man is the man who has friends. Mm. Oh, 
Oh, wow. Although I'd like to try the alternative. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, meet me in St. Louis. I mean, we're, we're in St. Louis. It's a, it's a Christmas movie about St. Louis. I see what you were doing there. You were trying to pull some extra strings Heart to strings. get some. Heart strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to get me, some extra votes. Meet me in St. Louis and Holiday and really kind of like, I guess like, because they're, they're movies that happen across entire years. Uh-huh. But have huge Christmas parts in them, so I guess that makes them Christmas movies. Oh no! Because yeah. Maybe St. Louis happens again. across an entire oh, year no. as they get ready yeah. for the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. So I've always wondered how it's. I, I accept that it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, because if you Google it, it says yeah. Wikipedia a Christmas musical. Yeah. But go. I'm just kind of confused yeah. how it's a Christmas movie. By the you, way, you really get wor- yep. like worked up by the, not, the time. Do frame, I sound right? like yep. I'm worked up oh, right now? Oh, now he is. Yep. There we go. I I push like, a button. I'm just sitting here talking. It's, no one's getting worked up. Very, I'm asking a question. Okay. At a fair, there you go. You got your fair question volume. out there. Okay. Two more texts here. Number one, if you all think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then the Loader trilogy, what's the L-O-T-R? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Are Christmas movies. See, we don't even know what the, the All are the three light years fans. above the rest. Yeah. What? Okay. Uh, well, Die Hard is... I watched it last night. I can't see how anybody could not see it as a Christmas movie. You have to be just completely... Uh, you, you, you have to be really hard-headed to not see Die Hard as a Christmas movie. I, I just don't understand that thought process. It's ridiculous. Well, Rock changed his tune <laughs> in just a yeah. day about it. And uh, now yeah. and we're going to criticize me for that after criticize me for no, never changing we, my uh, tune? We're, what we're changing. So we're double standard. What, what, we are are doing, <laughs> what we are doing drafted is it seeing how you, you, texters you, are saying you maneuvered in a, in a really nice way. I like it. Yeah. I give you credit. Huh. You did a good job. All right. Uh, and one more thing. In the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Potter never suffered any repercussions for taking the $5,000, but they had a Saturday Night Live skit where they did have the lost final scene where everybody got to beat the hell out of Mr. Potter. It was great. It's great. Yeah. So you, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. It was great. Uh, we're going to head down the stretch. We advise you to vote. Uh, we want you to vote. We actually have comments vote on the- Vote for uh, Gary. No. Yeah, vote for, give we, Gary some love, please. Vote for Gary. No, we yeah. know who the winner is here. Vote for CD. Yeah, it's no, there's no doubt about it. Tim they Greeper. just aren't voting for the winner. Yeah, exactly. Team Tim Greeper over here. <laughs> yeah. So coming up, we're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Rock and roll here on 101 ESPN. What do you got for us, Matthew? Uh, a couple not days ago. Good. Okay. No, yeah, we're not, not, no, we're not that, doing, not we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Uh, a couple days ago, because I have a piece of information. <laughs> I have a piece of actual news that affects a St. Louis team. CD's, CD's not going to make it. <laughs> oh, that was funny. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, feeling, feeling in the slot. <laughs> oh, man. Um, good luck. Damn good luck. MLS, <laughs> MLS Communications just released a statement of uh, about 45 minutes ago. Major League Soccer recently proposed U.S. Soccer plan for MLS next pro teams to represent the league in the 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. MLS took that step because it believes there are several central goals and concerns that must be addressed in connection with the tournament, including developing young professionals. It goes on but continues. U.S. Soccer has subsequently notified MLS that the Federation is not prepared to grant 
grants the necessary waiver for MLS Next Pro Clubs owned by MLS owners to participate in the Open Cup. Independently owned MLS Next Clubs, such as Chattanooga and Carolina, would remain eligible. The MLS is committed to finding a viable solution for the 2024 tournament and is working to find a pathway that addresses its goals and concern. So in other words, the MLS tried something. U.S. Soccer said, no, you don't. Ooh. So the MLS essentially got blocked by the U.S. Soccer. They're not going to allow the waiver that would then allow the MLS Next teams to take over for the teams. And, of course, the reason why U.S. Soccer has a say in here is that the U.S. Open Cup is all levels of U.S. Soccer. If, you, if you're a semi-pro team, you win enough games, you can play an MLS team in the, US, in, in the Lamar Hunt Trophy. So U.S. Soccer controls this tournament, not the MLS. MLS, MLS then should have an ego like the NHL does with the Olympics. Say, fine. We just won't participate. Our, our players will just play our season. We don't need you. And I, I, that's what I would do if I were MLS. Say, you know what? We don't need to break up our season so that we can pacify U.S. soccer. We'll just do our thing. We'll play our schedule. And you can get the players and teams that you want for your stupid U.S. Open <laughs> Cup. I, I, I feel like you should. MLS needs to work towards better just cooperation with U.S. soccer. I mean, is that... Don't you, isn't that the feeling you get from this? I mean, it's just that would be that would be bad for soccer as a whole in in the United States if the, if the MLS were to do that. I mean, the U, I think the U.S. soccer is 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 you know just showing what the right decision here is, which is do not pull your first teams out. Yeah, you're ruining this tournament, which is I I think it's a I'll good do respect. thing. How, how important is this tournament? What kind of TV ratings does it get? Uh, the later rounds get get the same ratings about MLS games do. Okay, so why not just show MLS games? Well, they're not going to replace these games. They're just they're simply you're not going to have a but, game anymore in the schedule. But MLS can just play their regular schedule without that tournament. They can, but they but this wasn't getting in their way of playing their regular schedule. It was it was because again, most teams were just playing their young players. Uh-huh. And again, that's good for soccer because I think it's good that when the entire world shows you how the sport is played. And we have one little part of the sport that is like that, which is a full open tournament to every level of soccer in the country. I simply think it is a good thing to keep that one thing that has been proven across 100 years to be a good idea in the sport. I'm not saying you need promotion or relegation. It's never going to happen. So let's let's get away from that one. But if we're talking about keeping things that, that makes soccer the most popular sport in the world, these kind of cup competitions with the entire country available is one of those things. And so saying... And so diminishing it or simply pulling out of it is bad for soccer when it's this is the, when it's the top league pulling out of it. Well, and so good for perhaps they should promote it. They should promote it, and and they did. But I mean, the issue the issue is, of course, here in St. Louis. I mean, we we didn't hear about it because the first round was against uh, the Omaha team, which was here and it was a very well attended Omaha. game. But then the second round, they lost oh. to Minnesota, which is an MLS team. It doesn't. It doesn't. There's not anything special because it sounds okay. like it's just a regular. When week. when does this tournament take place? In the middle of the season. Like what month? Um, MLS teams enter it in uh, June. I want to say. Okay. All right. Well, you know, come to an agreement. But you, know, I, I, if I'm Don Garber, I'm going to have an ego about it. Uh, well, um, he's definitely going to have an ego because his decision just got. You know, countermanded by a federation that I think the MLS sees themselves above, as as Brooke was kind of intimating. Yeah, I think the MLS sees well, themselves as more important and, and to, to U.S. soccer than the U.S. soccer and federation. Here's what I would say: If I were MLS, I would say, "Okay, fine, play your tournament without yeah. us." You gotta have. Some See how that works. Yeah, you gotta have a little 
So I think this was good players, on US right? soccer to stand up, just yeah. personally. Five seven, that's, yeah, that's my idea. I, yeah, I, I think so. Five seven three said it's about the Cinderella stories. If they tried this in England, they would riot. A team with from the minors can play an MLS team on the same field and has the same chance of winning. That's the other factor is that usually in the lower rounds, the MLS team will travel to them. So Omaha got a game against STL City, Chicago Fire. You know they played St. Louis FC. That's kind of why it's so special. And I and I get that, and I think it's a good thing that soccer, the, the U.S. Soccer Federation is putting their foot down, but. At the same time, I understand where the MLS is coming from because yesterday City announced their preseason schedule, right? So these guys played that playoff game just before Thanksgiving, mid, mid, early mid uh, Thanksgiving. Their uh, la- their date to return for training camp is Jan- is the first week of right, January. Right. So I mean, we're talking about a two or the January fourteenth. So we're talking about a two month off season for this team. So I understand why the MLS says. Our schedule is too packed, too too compacted right now. We need to find a way to figure it out. I just simply think this was was not the best way to do it, and that's right. why the reaction has been so negative. Fair enough. And that's what we got All for right. rock and roll. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's our producer, audio video engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure, uh, Brooke. I'm, I know you had fun today. Oh yes, go oh, vote yes. for me. Yeah, well, go vote for me. I don't really need to. No, you don't. No, yeah. I do. Anything helps. Anything helps. Any Anything little help. helps. Stay in line. What's your face? We want to see your face. You want to see my face? At the moment, Brooks team of uh, of movies uh, leads 68.5% of the vote. I have 16.3%, uh, Rocchio at 8.4%, and Carrie at 6.9%. I, uh, vote for me, please. Uh, CD. Show us your face. Oh, yeah, we already did that. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. You can still vote on this. Uh, as a matter of fact, how long does it... Oh, you still have a full day to vote. It ends so at 10 a.m. tomorrow. We can change things. Things can change dramatically in 24 hours. Cream rises to the top. Make some calls. Uh, that's that's right. Like, that's going to happen. So my no. team will absolutely win. We've Cream got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax <laughs> coming up. And then we've got uh, BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2 and the Fast Lane from 2 to 6. And for all of us here in the opening drive, we thank you. And until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great hump day, St. Louis. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.